forever. Dog. For many years, this podcast has narrowed its focus to actual theme parks that exist in reality. But in a year when reality was skewed and no theme park actually existed except in Florida, we had no choice but to flee to the theme parks of our dreams. The theme parks conjured by Hollywood's best and brightest, like Steven Spielberg, Michael Crichton, and Jeff Phillips, writer of the fourth Three Ninjas movie. Today, the fictitious will fight. Fake blood will spill between theme parks from movies, television, and children's horror novels. The ultimate clash of rides we can't go on, lines we can't wait in, and parking lots we wish to God we could park in. It's the fake theme park final four on podcast, The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, a podcast about theme parks, and yet again, the only podcast that does a bracket premise. I'm Scott Gardner, joined by fellow originalists, Mike Carlson. I am here. I'm feeling very innovative, like we, like I am every year. I feel very uh, um, trailblazing. Is that Absolutely. a way to feel? That's a yeah. way to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scorching trails. Uh, yeah. Clear in the brush. Jason Sheridan also joins us. Uh, you know, there's nothing more satisfying than being an early adopter. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, when you're such big uh, college basketball fans, as are we, we're merging our passions, theme parks mm-hmm. and college basketball. We could go on and on listing our favorite college basketball teams, but that's, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Our love oh. is clear in this bracket format. Slower moving, lower scoring, terrific. Why watch the NBA, you know? (laughs) Knowing that they're all getting their education as well when they're not on the court. Tell me they're majors. Tell me how much they're not being paid. (laughs) (laughs) Or like they have to go to weird uh, dinners, weird booster club dinners (laughs) to get like petty cash from weird eccentric alumni. How much is this video game platform not paying them for their likeness? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can hear it we could go on but yes yeah, yeah. The, the list of what we love but we also love theme parks and a uh, uh, area of love within theme parks is fake theme parks this is an area that we essentially we have not covered a ton i wouldn't say uh all of the many uh fake fictional theme parks in movies television and other media this is an area we've we've pretty much avoided and we realized this might be a fun way to like address a bunch of stuff hit it quickly say some cool factoids and maybe in the process discover which are the ones with the more meat on the bone to do an episode about and which have very little meat on the bones at all and get tossed into the bone pile yes uh we could do you know one episode on each of these but yeah this will tell us now this is a sample this is a Whitman sampler episode where you get to see like oh yeah that feels like they should talk about that longer or hey maybe they shouldn't talk about this one ever again mm-hmm. we'll see yes yeah and it's a real interesting crop of entrance this year uh from all sorts of media um and uh what are you guys going to be looking for today 
you know, for for the uh, the winners? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of things to analyze here since we're talking about things that appear in movies and TV. Um, it's, it's, I'm trying, as usual, I try to separate myself. I try to really focus in on what we're talking about versus the things that surround it. So last year when we did Fake Smells, I was saying I, I'm trying not to put in my bias toward the actual ride. I'm trying to just uh, um, talk about the smell itself, try to appraise how I feel about the smell and how it fits in. So, so today I'm trying to analyze the park just as a park attractions uh atmosphere that type of thing versus actually saying well i like this movie that it appears in that's what i'm going to try to do last year i wasn't able to completely divorce myself from the other things but well i will try again in earnest this year yeah i i couldn't agree with you more absolutely because it is easy to have biases and we may still have biases this list includes some of uh, my favorite movies and tv shows uh, so what, what might be considered uh, across the board, just some of the greatest movies and TV shows, and certainly some of the worst, some of the worst things <laughs> ever made. But that doesn't mean that they can't uh, have a, a, a great theme park at the center or not at the center or on the side. Uh, um, it, it, I think it's all about innovation in that park that they're making up itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think commitment to the uh, theme park specifics is going to be a big one for me. Did the uh, movie or TV show like use it? Are they just phoning in this? You know, the 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 references, that sort of thing. Is it almost an afterthought? Which in some of these, it kind of is. And then there were some surprises that really like went might go all the way. Yeah, and here's another here's another little thing. And I don't know if you can always tell, and maybe some of this will just be um, pure uh, guesswork. Did the people who made this, do they have some sort of legitimate affection for the material, for the yes. the rides, for the theme parks? Or are they saying it's dumb and we hate it? Because I'll say I'm going to actually have some more points, I think, for people that seem like, they, oh, they know what they're talking about here with this parody. That's a good point, and you end up maybe with more attention to detail if you are uh, if you really like the source material or have strong opinions about it. Um, you know, with, within that, I would say that something I'll be giving bonus points to is uh, original IP, original characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just that they make up a ride, but also, like, do they get the details right? Are the shops right? Are the, uh, the restrooms right? Is the, the, uh, the entrance outside correct? Is there other weird periphery? Um, and, and you'll see throughout, it's probably no surprise that there's a number of uh, fake waltz. Uh, probably maybe enough to do a, a fake Walt competition. Um, that, that's that's that, <laughs> hey, we just thought of a new one actually. That is good. Yeah, that <laughs> is good. Because there might there's <laughs> fake Waltz out there who aren't al- also in a fake theme park in a movie or a TV show. So yes. Um, but you know, just because of, there's a great fake Waltz doesn't necessarily mean that the park is great. So we'll right. see. Yeah. So there's so many different factors, so many variables today. It's going to be really hard. This is another one where I have notes up the you know. The up notes up the seat. Uh, I have tabs open on my computer. Uh, it's it's really it's a lot. There's a lot here to weigh and to juggle. Yeah. Really uh, if I could give a shout out to some of the ones who just didn't uh, didn't make it this year. Oh uh, sure. Some of our our uh, ones we do know about, but uh, did not make it, including you are a reptar land from Rugrats in Paris, Wonder War from uh, Bob's Burgers. 
um, Adrena Land from the Fairly Odd Parents, Potato Land, and often cite it like, talk about Potato Land, talk about Potato Land. I'm sure we'll get to Potato Land at, at some point. Potato Land having its moment in the sun. There's a photo op at Hollywood Studios right now in Orlando, you know, and, and we'll get there someday, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, this this was a topic I think I saw this a couple of times. People were throwing some ideas. I wanted to, I was trying to find like everyone who's ever thrown this idea at us. And I found one person. So if, if you've also had suggested this, uh, I apologize, but Kyle Etzel has thrown this out in the Facebook group. So I wanted to shout quick shout out and then shout out to anyone I've missed that have thrown any of these type of ideas for a final four out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much. Uh, we're excited to, uh, um, determine definitively the answers. Although we like your suggestion, it is we who get to choose. We are the arbiters. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, you know, don't don't everybody get a big head and think that you get to pick. This is not a fan-voted thing. This is the three of us. We're the experts. Uh, we are, our opinions are uh, unimpeachable. Yes, cor- and I, cor- an important reminder, all three of us were born in the mid-'80s. So there are some <laughs> things in here that we have a lot of affection for. And are kind of maybe, in my, I'll speak for myself at least, glued into my subconscious. And then other stuff like Fairly Odd Parents, uh, a show I liked a lot, but just kind of would catch like occasionally in high school. It, it did not loom as large as some of the other uh, entrants today. Yeah, yeah, that does maybe uh, affect who we, we picked. Um, I, I also, I was really tempted. Um, did you, I don't think you said this in your list, and I, I'm just curious to explore more. Uh, um, I didn't really investigate, uh, the fake theme park Majestic Movie Studios, uh, which seems to be a universal equivalent that's in the, I'm sure, fine feature film Alvin and the Chipmunks Meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Uh, no, I have not. Uh, although I did, while researching one of these other topics, come across the, di- like, direct-to-streaming or direct-to-DVD movie Tom and Jerry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where it appears Tom and Jerry go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I yeah, there's a few of that. those weird movies where mm-hmm. it's essentially just the events of the original movie, and Tom and Jerry appear and are part of it but do not drive the story they just kind of like run around in the margins um and because they don't speak um so how could they really drive the story so it's just like Willy Wonka goes along as it would but also Tom and Jerry are there uh that's that's like a lot like LeFou in the France Pavilion that same (laughs) movie where he is in the background the whole time uh, they were just stealing the idea from the Beauty and the Beast. What is it called? S- sing along. Is there sing a more of a time? I thought there was some sort of a time. Whatever. Le there Fou's might be a adventure. fancier name. I'm not sure. Um, but Tom and Jerry might have gotten there first. So when it comes to um, protagonists who are not protagonists and don't change the story, mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry are pioneers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one more thing to, to consider. Maybe we can sort of hit this on an individual basis. But one, I think one issue that we're going to find across the boards is that very often, I'd say in, in half of these cases, or maybe even more than half, um, the narrative function of a theme park in a movie or show is for people to get endangered or hurt or killed. Yes. Um, so how do we take that into account? Do we have to, like... Um, assess the level of danger at the place as a reason to go or to not go? Do we have to, like, give the place the benefit of the doubt and say that they do not, they did not intend 
uh, for people to die. Although in some cases, they definitely did intend for people to die. Yes. Um, yes. Another also ran the um, park from uh, the remake of, I think, it, uh, The House on Haunted Hill from the late 90s, which is different from the late 90s remake of The Haunting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ghost remakes in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you do with that? I mean, do you just hmm. have to... It's like you have to acknowledge it, and yet do you have to like imagine the ideal park in which danger and death uh, does not occur? Because huh, they're all... I mean, yeah, so many of these, the vast majority are unsafe. Um, so I feel like you just have to... I'm going to try to judge it more based on the promise of it versus the uh, death reality, the, the reality of pain that these places uh, are causing, have caused. That's my personal philosophy. I'm not telling you guys you have to do that. Like sort of imagine the place before the bad stuff happened. Go to the September 10th of all of these places <laughs> and imagine mm-hmm. a better uh, world. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I mean, without further ado, I think we, we could I think no. we'd start getting into it. Let's um, kick it off with some one seeds, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's good, right? One seed, that's the, like, Duke that's and stuff. terminology like that, so. I'm vaguely I mean, familiar with, yes. Yeah, but Not to means, give Duke too much credit. Well, uh, if I'm guessing, the number one is a good number, so probably being a one seed is a good thing. All mm-hmm. right, sounds good. Um, does anybody feel like kicking it off? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. we, could, we could round robin this sure uh, who says the names that's Jason, another thing right all right we're starting off hot with the simpsons bracket itchy and scratchy land versus duff gardens yeah yes now there's big, a thing big. here already uh that we we made the assessment and i and i guess nobody disagreed on not doing crusty land do we have any thoughts as to why we all felt like that was that was okay well, uh, I, I think stuff was a losing point in my mind if there was a significant representation of it in three-dimensional space in our real world, which there is a heavy re, uh, production of crusty land at uh, the Universal Parks. That's right. a good rationale. It's almost not a fake theme park. It's almost like a mini area of a real theme park. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the big map of crusty land that appears in the queue of the Simpsons ride obviously is not what is there, but... And also then they represented this crusty land in the uh, Simpsons tapped out iOS game. But there is Jason saying there is a piece of it that exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I it think is that's real. A, that's, that's a good rationale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think yeah. there's maybe more variance between the two primary theme parks in Simpsons lore. We might be unaware. They, there may be like 12 more theme parks in the last uh 21 <laughs> seasons that we aren't aware of but these possible. are the ones i recall as jason said from the time that we uh grew up in uh itchy and scratchy land duff guard where to where to begin um, golden age simpsons episodes and, yeah, and the, the itchy and scratchy land especially looms large in my mind extremely um, i was so delighted that they would do this imagine I, what you guys don't have to imagine you're probably the same way you love theme parks the simpsons your favorite show doesn't have a big old theme park episode that is so specific with its Disney references and its visual homages to Main Street USA. You're like, oh my God, they're doing the movie and there's a five and dime and a penny arcade and they're watching the, the Roger Myers story, which has bars. That's, the, that's some <laughs> attention to detail. Not bars like rep bars. Bars like when you watch a movie, at least you used to in a Disney park and you had to support yourself on weird beams. 
Um, that shows that they really paid attention. Yes, uh, that attention to detail. I definitely, I couldn't maybe articulate it at the time, but I felt it. Obviously, Duff Gardens is half Disney, half uh, uh, Bush Gardens type of a uh, theme park. Like I could feel, I knew there was Disney parodies in it, but Itchy and Scratchy Land definitely is much more Disneyland specific yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. Disney World, in a way, and it's in the sort of level of intensity and the, and the right. size and the, the mammoth operation to get there, the big drive that's part of a lot of these things is the travel to the place. They convey those experiences well. Um, I don't know. Itchy and Scratchy is, is, is tough to beat. It is it's such a great episode. Thinking about just everything about it, the, um, the approach on the helicopter, the Jurassic Park-esque um, giant uh, rock shapes of Itchy and Scratchy, the uh, the bomb ticket booths on the way in. You've got your Itchy and Scratchy money. That's a real like specific yeah. slice, a tribute to Disney dollars, which we'll we should do an episode about. I don't know how we've avoided that one. That seems good and dry and up our alley. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the lands of Itchy and Scratchy Land, of course, Explosion mm-hmm. Land, Torture Land, uh, Searing Gas Pain Land. <laughs> Unnecessary surgery land. One of the funniest. Theme park jail. Uh, you, yeah. You, we, we have your son and your older, fatter son. Um, Bort oh. license plates. Bort, of course. You know, which they would eventually sell Bort uh, merchandise at Universal Finally. Studios. Yeah. Oh, you um, can buy Bort stuff. That's cool. You can. I don't know if you can at the moment. For a while, they did have it, at least on pins. I think license plates. But Yeah. But so itchy and scratchy on obviously I think in our minds is ta- definitely and I don't want to speak for us but I think feel like it's taking the lead here. There's so many shiny objects. Yeah. But Duff Gardens is a very first of all it's a very it's much more low key but it has some gems as far as mm-hmm. Simpson fan. We have the seven Duffs. Yeah. Which I think I maybe like more than any of the characters walk around mascot characters in Itchy and Scratchy Land. Those yeah, characters are so great. Funny. I'm so glad they're in the Universal that they're in that beer garden. Um, I, yeah, that's original IP. You got to give them credit for that. And a bunch of them, um, the Duff Pyramid is, is wonderful. Um, the, the water, uh, the boat ride water that mm-hmm. Lisa is forced to drink to yep. turn into the lizard queen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, that, I mean, in general, that Duff, it's a small world. I think it's called little land of Duff. I think that's the official yes. name. And we got to, mm-hmm. you know, we've always got to shout out specific rides here. And I think like real. Um, you know, prominent e-ticket attractions will help maybe break some ties, and that's a good one. I mean, how these, this, all the Duff Gardens ones. How much would you love to go on it in reality? The Little Land of Duff, um, which I assume never that chorus never changes. There's not verses to that song. It is just that for you know 15 minutes or so. If you mm-hmm. were sitting in a real um, Duff Hall of Presidents. If you got to see what that entire presentation is, where Lincoln raps and uh, FDR is in a in a beer helmet, um, that'd be so so wonderful. Like just imagine the full twenty five minutes of it in your head. Yeah, that's it's hard because there's yeah it's again it's not as flashy the whole way around, but that is that would be a really really funny great show to see. It's just an ad for beer using the the presidents. And maybe is a good fix, honestly, for what Disney World is is feeling maybe right now, where they need to do something to that Hall of Presidents to keep yes. it from being just a booing, cheering machine for the rest of its existence. 
Although, you know, the idea of including rapping, I don't know how I feel, being that there's been these Twitter rumors of a, some Lin-Manuel Miranda involvement. Let's not go start oh. thinking that rapping is the way to save the Hall of Presidents. Let's be hey, very careful. Is that careful. a false if- flag? <laughs> is that a CIA one <laughs> designed just to drive us insane? <laughs> if Lynn wants to write beer-related raps for the presidents, I will say I'm personally on board. Okay. As long okay. as they're like beer ad type endorsements, I'm totally on board with Lynn's writing uh, Warren G. Harding to pushing some sort of beer Disney is selling. That's fine. Yeah, as long as it's commercials, yes. And, you know, in general, um, you try to take personal biases out of this competition, but uh, I, I am the drinker of the podcast, and, uh, and drinking <laughs> is a big reason. I go to theme parks and imagine, I'm, I'm just like, if I could go to this entire beer-oriented place. There's, there's argument we just talked about, is, is Duff in reality good or not? And I think, I don't know, I feel like it has to be, or at least you have to like know the step up of Duff. Uh, you know, got to know how to handle your Duff. But there's so many opportunities to drink here. You can go to the beer aquarium where a bunch of sick fish swim around. And maybe I don't want to drink, you know, they're presumably like uh, shitting in the water. Um, and, and, you know, there being live fish isn't good, but people do just walk up to that thing and pour beer from a tap. And that sounds good. Those beer mm-hmm. goggles. Selma mentions beer smoothies. That sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. Does that exist in reality? I would like it to. Got it. Yeah. It's like at a fair or something. Somebody has to have made that. Oh, probably. There yeah, is yeah. frozen beer you can get at a stand at Epcot. And I think Disney hmm. Springs now. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. That's uh, my alley. Um, I would al- I would also like to shout out uh, to at Duff Gardens. Hooray for everything performs. <laughs> mm, that's very good. Which yeah. is a right. show I would love to see. Oh yeah. Uh, Ooh, that's kind of pushing me towards. I know it's it's hard because the mundaneness of Duff Gardens is what I really like. What it really appeals to me. Which Itchy and Scratchy Land is fantastic, but Itchy and Scratchy Land is much more cartoonish monstrosity of a park versus Duff Gardens is a lot as I was saying accurate it feels accurate in so many ways it's really funny but it does feel like they nailed that a cheesy type show and if you you don't know what we're talking about hooray for everything is like a bunch of like lame singers doing a politically correct version of Lou Reed's walk on the wild side (laughs) is that where that happens is that at Duff Gardens I believe so that's it's at least it's in the wiki I didn't rewatch the episode but I've seen the episode many times Ooh, i would yeah. like to see that yes the equi- up with people is the real thing and hooray for, right hooray for everything is the um now let me let me tip it back the other way with my own argument and uh because mm. i was i was kind of going through this in my head and and i similarly landed it maybe it just is duff gardens and largely for beer related reasons um the dark horse that might tip you to the other side parents island there is a, um, a again, very well-observed <laughs> yes. Pleasure Island parody, a place that is only for adults to go within Itchy and Scratchy Land. And now that I am a parent, um, uh, going to Parents Island, we, my wife and I talked about this <laughs> idea, how much we would love to be at Parents Island right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, and they, they say specifics about it. There's 100 bars and saloons at Parents Island. <laughs> Homer shouts out TV Town, Hammock Land. Marge mentions recipe-related bumper cars. I would like to do all these things. You get to see a 70s disco, which seems kind of cheesy. 
But, you know, that place where it's New Year's Eve constantly <laughs> might, might be a little fun. Is it a TGI? Is it TGI McScratchies? TGI McScratchies. We've got another jumper at TGI McScratchies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. TGI McScratchies, uh, good time food drinkery is the full. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All yeah. that is like, now, does that just take everything that would appeal to me about Duff Gardens? Like, do they actually have it even more so on Parents Island? Yeah, right. and uh, is it Euro Itchy and Scratchy Land, the empty park? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Referenced at the end. That's pretty good, especially at that time. That's a very topical reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is tough. I don't know if I know. Does anybody, uh, anybody it's feel tough like walking I fi- in? Okay, yeah. You're saying, yes, Itchy and Scratchy Land is a lot more like Disney World in the sense it's large. It's got a lot of things in it as Parents Island, which is great. But I'm trying, my, my debate right now is that I believe right now, I think I would rather go to the park itself. And this is arguably we have a lot with Disney World versus Disneyland. Disneyland itself is a better park than the Magic Kingdom is. But I understand when people say, well, Disney World is a whole thing. It's a different experience because of how large it is and how much different stuff there is to do. But Disneyland, I keep coming back to and saying, well, I still think it's kind of better because it's the experience of Disneyland is just, I think, a superior one. Smaller so Duff charming. Gardens, I think, is a better park than the Itchy and Scratchy Land Park. But wow. I take into what you're saying about all the different things and uh, the size of it. And this is my struggle right now, is do I go it's purely based on the park itself or do I take into account what you're saying? This is this is struggling. I didn't think I would be here this early in this Final Four, but I am here. This is where I am. I genuinely don't know either. This is tough. Are we going to have to like take a half hour break and uh, just edit this down? <laughs> I'm, ups- I'm feeling upset. I Jason? think I'm going to go with my initial instinct and give it to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Oh, okay. I wow. think your, val- your arguments are very uh, passionate and valid. But Thank you. I think female functioning, like, is this one of the first, um, like, male functioning animatronic uh, things? Like, in in film and TV, besides, um, you know, a Westworld sort of thing, in in a comedy thing, I, I feel like the specifics are just very good and itchy and scratchy land, but I do appreciate what you're saying, and I think that's why it's a one seed, the uh, Duff Garden specifics. I think I know what I'm going to say. I do know. I've made my decision. Okay. Well, then uh, I think I'm going to throw it in, too. And I, I'm still, I'm uneasy. But should we just toss them out at the same time? Okay. One, one two, three. Itchy and scratchy land. And I don't, okay. oof, I almost wanted to be the upset and give it to Duff Gardens. But ultimately, Parents Island is makes the flip for me. I think that's everything that I want out of Duff Gardens, but times 10. I get that. That makes sense. I think, though, that I, the whole time, because I thought going in it was easy, itchy, and scratch land, but I think going in, I have to assess that just because I like, there's, I think it, itchy and scratch land, better episode, funnier episode, more references. More theme park centric. Just because of that, though, I'm, I'm missing, I'm losing perspective, and I believe Duff Gardens should win, but that's okay. I understand. I also, another thing that made me want to give it to Duff Gardens is that that part where Homer is clearly not well and gets in the car and says, Duff Gardens, hurrah, and then lands hard <laughs> on, on the, the steering. That's the how I horn. felt, I think, I, I relate to that moment so much. I think I felt that way the entire time during the pandemic having this baby. I think I felt that way 
in Disney World with you guys where we were never getting sleep and really tired all the time. I yeah, felt yeah. like that Homer spirit, but that's not the park. That's just a thing I like in the episode. I'm almost mm. like sad about this because I wanted to be like not obvious at the beginning, but mm-hmm. hopefully our struggle is clear. Um, we're not just handing it to Itchy and Scratchy Land easily. Um, but it's, it's, it's parents, parents Island did it. For me. Yeah. I don't think there was a bad choice between these two. Um, but I'm sure there'll be upsets going along. I think this second, uh, bracket, I, I, there could be an upset on this one. It's a little mm. tough. A little tough. Yeah. Um, mm. well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. I'm calling it the wacky bracket. And that is, this is between two. We're still in animation. Uh, and it is between Happy World Land from Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation, and Glove World, which is from SpongeBob SquarePants. Factors into a lot of SpongeBob SquarePants. Now, the nostalgia we have to kind of air out, or at least I do. I did not grow up with SpongeBob. It seems really great, and it's, I think it's what I, I w- would have watched if that era lined up for me. But uh, Tiny Toons was my, my era more. Um, but these are both pretty cool They're, and similar in spirit, right? I think it makes sense to pair them. Yes. I think so. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Scott. Happy World Land. I was always excited when How I Spent My Summer Vacation, that episode of Tiny Toons came on. I was not familiar with Glove World. The whole episode is on YouTube, and I was shocked. I thought that was so much fun. I think Potato Land needs to watch its ass because Glove World really nails some specifics, really nails some stuff, and I think has a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, uh, the Tiny Toons, uh, 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 Happy, what is? what am I saying already? Uh, happy World happy Land. Happy World Land. Happy World Land. Jeez, I'm losing my mind. Uh, they have, uh, it's a very Disney. It's very, very Disney mm-hmm. uh, as far as a parody, um, but they do have some rides that look fun there's some joke rides that are just this is it's very hurt centric both of these parks are kind of painful but tiny tunes is leaning more into the painful aspects of it uh um, but some of them if you escaped unscathed would be fun i will say that about tiny tunes yes there's one that doesn't look like it's a problem which is the gargle like you're just a in a big gargling fun. mouth and then you mm-hmm. get spit out kind of at the bottom. That seems just like a good rapid ride or something. I'm not scared of the gargle. Um, a lot the of tooth, the other the ones, though. The Tooth Fairy, though, is fun, too. The Tooth Fairy itself. So if you don't know this, it's like this pretty big, this, this like epic episode of Tiny Toons that I think got released as its own like mini movie. It was a tape that I rented extremely frequently, but it was broken up into episodes, too. Um, and it's very National Lampoon's Vacation-esque, the quest to get to this place. They get there, unlike Vacation, it's not that the park is closed, it's that Plucky has been with Hampton's family on this exhausting road trip, and they get there and they just take essentially the monorail around and don't and see all the rides and then don't go in and do anything, thus exasperating <laughs> Plucky. Uh, the monorail that they take around is the Tooth Fairy. That's just really clear. Spelled like a boat fairy. Um, there's two sets of teeth that, like, one on top and one on bottom, and they separate and go opposite directions, and then meet back at the the central point. Yeah, um, and that reminds great. me a lot of like monorail at Ep- at Epcot, especially where you go, you see so much of Epcot before you land, and that's a fun little trip when you get to do that. And a great visual. Like, if this was in a real theme park, this is. I think this would be very possible to do. 
and you'd go, mm-hmm. oh, that looks really crazy and cool. So I give them a lot of points for that. For seeing, I go, oh, that that's neat. Yes, and the happy centrifuge ride did eventually get built. It's it's mission space. It seems like it's just <laughs> mission space. So they called that. They did call that. Pouring people out like goo, moaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is how I felt like goo when I came off that thing for the first time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's true. There's a stairway to heaven. There's the bullet train to heck. You don't really mm-hmm. see what the bullet train to heck looks like. No. Um, you just imagine, yeah, uh, pain and fire down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think my exact sense of humor as a child was slap happy, the ride slap happy, where you get in a big hand, a bunch of people load up, and there's even a moment of like excitement. They're all like thrilled to be, here we go, everyone, and then a, just a lever is uh, flipped, and then it just slams against the ground. Um, I just loved the like uh, the bluntness of that, the craziness mm-hmm. of that. Um, I don't know that I'd go on it, but um, I just these are all great. I like this general theme. I like that it, a lot of things are happy. I like that it's there's a lot of body parts. There's a feet ride too. Um, mm-hmm. The happy crasher is just a ship that crashes, and that's it. Um, yeah, th- th- there's a lot of great like fun designs. Now I said there's a couple things I would like to go on that wouldn't be wouldn't be so bad but yes the majority i will say look like it hurts they looks like they hurt really bad and would leave you very injured seriously injured yeah so i do think you have to knock some points off it for that i can appreciate the design but again if i'm assessing it from just a theme park that i would go to standpoint you know a good teen good like kind of out of a teen working in the parking lot that they may take their picture. Oh, that's yes. a good little moment. Um, yep, yep. Uh, Plucky's passion to ride everything while the family is kind of indifferent, <laughs> like, and as their own agenda. Uh, very relatable. Very relatable, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, extremely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Glove World. Glove World. Commits so hard to the idea of theme parks centered around gloves. Uh, yes. Sort of inexplicably a, so. I, yeah. I, I do really like this. Um, yeah. I was just delighted. The glove song, the ride where you are, are they, are SpongeBob and Patrick, they're put in a catcher's mitt? Is that mm-hmm. right? Or they're put in the baseball? It's called Catch Me. You're, th- you're yes. put in a big baseball and thrown around. Yeah. Um, and then the theme park, the founder, Hieronymus Glove. <laughs> Oh, I missed Mis- that. Ooh, Mr. I like that. Glove, it, the the Walt stand-in is pretty good. Yeah. Um there yeah. there does feel like there's more treats to love at Glove World. And again, I I back up what you're saying. I didn't grow, grow up with Glove World. I was a Tiny Toons kid for sure. But it does feel like there's more things that you can appreciate about Glove World. Yeah, there's a lot. They they have original IP. They have Glovey Glove, mm-hmm. Glove that walks around. Um, Tiny Teens doesn't. I don't know that they establish who the guy is. They all wear hats that are like their equivalent of Mickey ears, but it's just kind of crazy eyes. And I like knowing who Glovey Glove is. Um, they have Glove popsicles, good uh, good refreshments. That's a that's a key that's a key one. Also, a number of these places, you get a sense of what the uh, what the eats are, mm-hmm. and uh, Glove popsicles sound good. 
I don't know if this makes it more or I don't know if this is a good thing for our contest, but apparently there is a Lego set for Glove World, which I got very excited about. I would have been Ooh, way like into that. that as a kid. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Um, um, I think also the plot of the main Glove World episode is that Glove World is going away, uh, and uh, I guess what probably SpongeBob and Patrick are very sad about this, uh, but it turns out it's just going away because they're building Glove Universe, a bigger, better park i don't think i'm making these facts up well um, they get the at least the one i watch maybe there's multiple love world episodes but they get locked up in glove world jail because oh. patrick accidentally breaks the her, the mr glove animatronic and then there's a lot of weird kids in the jail and those are just funny performers <laughs> funny voice actors funny animation oh, um i didn't see any and, of that that sounds good oh. Maybe there's mm-hmm. multiple Glove World. There, I think yeah, it is. no, I was yeah, going to say yeah. There's multiple Glove World episodes as well. Oh, okay. There, but there's there there is a Frozen. They meet a Frozen Hieronymus Glove at the end. And while well, I they usually find that a specific kind of tiresome and annoying, uh, I liked it in this. They they seem to have fun with it in this. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I do like that. Um, yeah. And if they're building Glove Universe, then it's on the, the grow. Like, this place is popular. It's only going to be, I mean, you can only imagine how great Glove Universe is going to be. Well, yeah. yes. They had to clean up the toxic waste, and then the pandemic delayed the building of Glove Universe, but they're back on track. <laughs> the transit you know? to get over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the bright city line. infrastructural yeah. stuff to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Glove World, too. I mean, they, they, Glove World's taken into account. There's rides for kids, there's rides for older kids, there's like. I feel like it's a more well thought out park. The mitten is the ride is for like kids that they go on. Um, I don't see that. Uh, I don't see that in the Tiny Toons episode. I don't see the thought put into uh, you know different experiences for different age groups. Mm, that's an interesting aspect of of fleshing it out more fully. Yes, making the kids happy and teens and grown ups. Right. Mm. So yeah. I, feel, I I I don't want to vote already, but I feel like you can feel where I'm going. Maybe I am too. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to belabor these. Um, no, that's true. I'm surprised, and I, you know, I think the the conversations help. I think what, like, I I want to see where everybody else is at and how joyous is the conversation or not. And I really like talking about Glove World. Maybe I gotta I gotta give it to Glove World. I think it's Glove World. I think it's Glove World. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's different things, different things, because um, there's a lot of build up to Happy World Land. I think it's set up at the top of the episode, mm. and then their the road trip to get there. Um, but Glove World, you just they throw you right in, and they've done mm-hmm. multiple episodes, so they do have an advantage in that sense. But and it's underwater; it's in the ocean. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. too. we didn't even talk about that. Mm-hmm. But a like young upstart, that. Glove yeah. World, exciting. All right, wow. mm-hmm. uh, a very hip reference from us. I think oh, we got yeah. we got oh, into we're so. up to like 2003 or so, and uh, is I think there our coolness Jason, is showing? Is there a theme park on Riverdale yet? Um, oh, that's a great question. I think, you know, they just did the classic trope of an alien corpse preserved in a barrel of Blossom Family maple syrup. Uh, but I don't know that there's really been a theme park yet. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, that'll be the hipper. Well, if we have do this one again in five years, that'll be the hippest reference if they do do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay. uh, that, that leaves that. Uh, we'll come back around to Itchy and Scratchy Land versus Glove World. That's pretty right. exciting. Um, yes. Okay. Next up. Okay. Uh, this Mike, you want to this take it? is called the Crichton Bracket. 
Uh, both Michael Crichton stories and movies slash TV show. Uh, Jurassic Park versus Westworld. Big one. Mm. Big one. Big. Mm. This is big. This is a big one. Stresses yeah. me out to even think about it. Uh, they see yeah. there's multiple versions of these. There's books, movies, newer versions. Obviously, we're saying Jurassic Park, though, not Jurassic World. That's a separate park. Yes. Though I almost had the question. Again, t- removing the parks from the films. I think if I had to venture a guess, I'd say that we all prefer Jurassic Park to Jurassic World, the movie. However, right. Jurassic World does have a city walk. And I, yes. Which is like the main thing that makes me want to like the movie. And I really like that it's this big battle at the end where they're crashing into Starbucks and Brookstones and Pandoras. Um, I, I almost want to hang out there. It's similar to Parents Island. I'm like getting away from rides. And we haven't even, I'm not even talking about dinosaurs. Right. Um, but there's a Margaritaville at Jurassic World. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yes. Right. And Jurassic World seemed to operate without a hitch for a while there. Like, it seems like yes. it's open. Which Jurassic Park did not. There's a part right. of me that thought, should this just be Jurassic Park versus Jurassic World? Hmm. Ooh, can boy. we call an audible? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough because, yes, you're saying, like, Jurassic Park obviously is the, is the better movie. I don't think that's a controversial statement to make. But if you really think about the experience that all the characters were having testing out the park, dinosaurs you couldn't see them the t-rex isn't there the where where's the raptor where's the triceratops triceratops is sick Mm -hmm. huh and they broke when they break out of the ride when they they get out and go look go into the the medical unit uh so like the the safety functionality isn't working right from the get-go bathrooms collapse immediately as as evidenced by the lawyer jurassic versus jurassic world where it's like that that cool ball is very cool like that would be amazing to go into something like that and get to go in the actual habitat of the dinosaurs you could actually go directly where they are hanging out you don't have to lure t-rex over with a goat or something to the side because that isn't even you're just getting to see it like kill an animal yeah i mean i don't know it's just kind of the jimmy fallon the very accurate jimmy fallon video Yes, um, very accurate. Yeah. That's exactly like what a, a little theme park skit would be. That's essentially what he does on the tram. Right. Um, the big water the, show. The I mean, show. Are we uh are we heading to a, a controversial <laughs> one right now? Or do we make this like this is three? This is this becomes Jurassic Park versus I, Jurassic like like the battle at the end between the Indominus and the T Rex and the, the Raptor. Is this I think a, Westworld beats Jurassic Park. I will say that right now. I think Westworld really? itself. Oh, I wasn't beats sure about that. Jurassic Park, but I don't know that it beats Jurassic World. Ooh, That's what so, I'm going to say. Well, so what are we doing here? Are we making I don't this? Know. A, are we making this a three for all? I think this should well, be a three for all. I think this should I be a three for all. Think, I think the NCAA tournament should have like wrestling style run-ins where it's suddenly like this is now a triple threat match three teams three basketball teams competing against each other at the same time i agree let's shake it up okay great so they're all in okay they add a third third basket to the one side (laughs) yeah so jurassic park westworld versus the hardy boys uh they're at the back uh, And Tom and Jerry are running around, and too. And Tom and Jerry are mm-hmm. here. And Rob Delaney is running in with a chair. Uh... <laughs> okay, so I'm on record saying I think Jurassic World beats Jurassic Park, but I don't know about Jurassic World versus Westworld yet. Okay. 
Hmm. Westworld seems to be like begrudgingly, from the little bits and pieces I've seen of the Yule Brenner movie and of the HBO show, it seems like it's a, you know, it's like, oh, we got to show how, we got to set it up before we can show all the cool stuff goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, oh, you're <laughs> I anti. Heard... You're, you're just not in. You're anti Westworld. Westworld. I <laughs> guess so. I mean, I, the reviews on the TV show where everyone was like, this is so much work watching this. I was like, you're not really selling me on. I mean, I like, I think Ed Brubaker was on the writing staff, the comic book writer. I like him a lot. I like Jeffrey Wright. The show, actors, but you're not yeah. talking about the show. But I'm not talking show. about the show, but it's going to, eventually you think about this stuff. The but. movie kind of fucks me up with this too, because like, how cool is Yul Brenner look? I, like, I just like he all those awesome. dudes. I like the, like, it's the first Crichton. It's, uh, yeah. uh, it's so like 70s sci-fi in that Logan's Run vein. But then I sort of drift off with it. I don't like, I don't love that movie. I love the first act and then I kind of like veer away. Um... So, but but is this? Are we letting the the film? Yes, the you're products? letting the we films. Are. We are because these are both probably the two most unique experiences on this whole uh, list on this whole bracket on these bracket brackets and stuff. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, so I think just the experiences we have to try to think of versus the actual movies. Because, like, Westworld is, like, putting you in a scenario. This is, like, Westworld is, like, what they want to do with that Star Wars hotel. But, like, much more. Like, 100 times 100. You're yeah. living a completely, like, different life for however long it is. For a couple days. For a week. Or I, I don't remember what But the... here's... That's absolutely right. Here's my issue. I don't want to do that. And when I realized that Galaxy's Edge was not really going to have like people bugging you at the cantina because you flew the falcon bad or that like they weren't going to do the bright suns for more than the first five days i was like great now i can just drink that milk and go to the bar and go on the rides i don't think i'm equipped for Westworld. uh i don't want to kill anybody uh I don't know, sexually, maybe I shouldn't get into it. That's a big part of the appeal is the sex. Um, I don't think that I want to go uh, have sex with saloon girl robots. I don't think. Mm. So so I guess, is this still too much personal bias? It's very impressive. I just don't think that I want to do it. And mainly, Westworld has no rides. That's what I'm after. Yeah, that's true. It's very immersive. It's almost, it's practically like glorified dinner theater. And there is a veneer of like sleaze involved. Like, yeah. uh, That's part of this. That's part of the sex thing. Like, maybe it'd be interesting to have sex with one of these robots. But then, like, the next day, some or the day before, some other guys are like, I like, that's weird, right? I'm like, you mean that sharing these robots? Oh, oh, yeah! You said a different man has had sex with the robot as well. Well, yeah, that is that'd probably be in my the head. case. Yes. I agree that that is a that is a problem. That mm-hmm. is certainly a problem. Now, I don't think you don't have to have sex with a robot. No, that but you can't murder the like it's. I I don't know the the mistreating robots thing. Like I feel like well, I it's would a moral pro- it's a moral quandary for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think a, I'm murdering or having sex with any of the robots if I go to Westworld. I would I say mean, that. I don't I, uh, think I am. I don't think I am. I don't think I am either. And, and I guess, you know, um, an abomination in the eyes of God is kind of a through line through Michael Crichton stuff. Because, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of discussion like, should these dinosaurs really exist? Like, should we do this, you know, in, in both Jurassic, in all the Jurassic movies, you know? Now, let me let me bring this up. Uh, Westworld is obviously like Old West 
if this was a different time period, would you feel differently? If this was a different time period or different genre, I think they get to that go. in later seasons of the show. Well, there, yeah, you, we do have to take into account that it is part of Del- Delos destinations in which there are multiple. So it's almost like I don't know how much you see of them, but there's Shogun World, there's War World, that's World War Two, is a medieval fantasy, uh, the Raj, which is colonial India. Right. If any of oh, those, Jesus to, Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's now. See, the thing is, I don't think I want to do any of those things. Those I don't want to do. I don't know. I'm not sure what I would Westworld it for. I don't know what I want to be in an immersive. I mean, it's all like all the uh, Ogus Cantina is as close as I want to get. I want to have a blue wine and I want to watch my favorite robot DJ. So my Westworld exists already. <laughs> See, I think, I think, Jason, you need to think about this because we did um, this very uh, interactive experience that Eva Anderson invited us to, mm-hmm. and I'm already forgetting the name of it. Uh, Delusion. Delusion. Colon, the, bl- uh, the, blue the Blue Blade. Blade. That was uh, our production that year, The Blue Blade. Yeah. And it's a very live, interactive kind of theater thing where you go through rooms and there's elaborate sets and performers, mm-hmm. and there's a, huge, there's a very like, a narrative that ties the whole thing together, and you go back in time, blah, blah, blah. Jason Sheridan of the whole group was trying to interact with the performers more than any of us doing yeah. so, so much so that he threw the performers off because <laughs> I got too were, into it. He got too into it. He called somebody Mac. He was trying to like talk like an old gangster. <laughs> I, I was, we were blown away. Cause I didn't do that. I was just like, Oh, let's let these performers go. Jason turned into a different character. I think he's forgetting what happens when he goes into a scenario yeah. like this. He enjoys himself. He'd love to say Mac. He'd love to say like, hey, you, you lousy you, dame. <laughs> He'd so love to so- say something like that. Well, a, hold in on. In a fun <laughs> pretend way. He's not saying that in real life, but it's a fantasy. I mostly antagonized like a sleazy, like uh, like pickpocket or con man. And then I got a Nazi upset at me. And in real life, I got a kayfabe Nazi upset at me. And then in real life, the actor said I was a challenge. <laughs> uh, yes. She stopped afterward and said you were a challenge. I don't know. So I... I'm saying you don't even know what you're capable of. When you're in Westworld, you're going to be doing your old-timey detective slang. You're going to oh, be loving yeah. it. It's going to be the most fun you've ever had. And right now, you're acting like, oh, Probably. I don't think I would like it. A detective Probably. from the future came to the Old West. Came to the yeah. old... And well, I got payback because then I had to swing on a rope over a moat, like an actual moat like i was not prepared they told us there might be some climbing and stuff but it's just like i don't want to land at this children's pool <laughs> me and jason wolner me and and golden <laughs> winner jason wolner director of borat 2 swinging yeah. on a vine i just um, think jason's not thinking about him uh, uh him in a scenario where he gets to use old detective slang i think that's love fair it. i yeah i i think i would like the acting part of it i don't know about the murder uh part of it or like the, the abuse a robot part of it you don't have to abuse or murder it's your choose your own adventure you could solve the murder i guess that's fair i guess yeah. that's fair but this is so choose your own event this is not my my kind of deal and i have to say um the maybe the trashier aspects of Jurassic World are what I want to do more, which is embarrassing. It's it's uh, uh, you know it's not the the smart person's way to view things. I guess hey, dude, maybe we need to parse Jurassic Park versus Jurassic. Or did we do it already? Because you got You also like okay, you got the Jeep ride. 
you got the there is that like Mr. DNA, but Mr. DNA is a Jurassic World too. Again, I don't. It's not mm. the movie. The movie's a little tough, right. but the but going there. I mean, aesthetically, I I almost just wanted like different stuff to happen in the movie, but for me to be able to like stare at these settings because I think they're mm. great. Right. Um, I so- have thought about like us in the continuity of Jurassic World. We would be like, well, we're excited to see what this new dinosaur is like. They've really been coasting on that, uh, you know, the water dinosaur, the, the megalodon kind of dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And, you know, much like Disney coasted on DCA 2.0 for a number of years before building a new attraction. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Jura- Jurassic Net. The the message boards on Jurassic Net are saying that there's this new. They're doing a new. It's like a T Rex, but like times five, and it's going to be sponsored. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> and the Jim and Len covering like Jurassic World news. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I would love it. Hearing about the 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 ins and outs, like the the hourly capacity of the little Triceratops that children ride on, and they yeah, get about Len 60, just, 60 people an hour yeah. through that. Yeah, Len was just standing outside the Triceratops ride, <laughs> counting. <laughs> for a few They've been hours. doing a visitor poll, and would you like it more or less if it were four minutes or six minutes? And the results, I think, are very interesting. It is a good. I like to think about this. I like. I like this. Uh, so hmm, it's tough. This stuff. I'm just arguing. I was just trying to save Westworld from being a total blowout here. I'm not saying. No, I, even I have think my decision. you're right. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, a good call. Uh, that, you know, in all fairness, though, even with all their ills, um, the evil corporation in Jen at least would have had the sense to let Gina Carano go. So, you know. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. Do we, do we want to vote? I mean, do we, are we, do we know what we're going to yeah. say? I think, we, I think Scott I think I does. Know. I think Jason I think I does. I, uh, yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. How, do we, how do we do this? All at the same time? Or, all at the uh, same time. Okay. Okay. Two, three, One, three. Jurassic World. World. Wow. wow. Unbelievable. It's funny shock. we didn't talk about this before. And like this people are going to hate this. Like I think it just it's just gonna feel right to people that it should be Jurassic Park. Easily right. one of the best movies. You know, it's I've read a lot of articles during the pandemic that tell me that Jurassic Park holds up. I, I uh <laughs> a surprise to me. I huh. wouldn't have believed that. I'm glad people keep writing this article over and over again. But it is, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful film. I will always watch it. I will watch it so much more than I will watch Jurassic World. But I, what would I rather like have a screensaver of on my desktop? Where would I... I think I want to like see some dinosaurs in a park that actually got up and running and have a, a margarita next to Jimmy while I do it. Mm. I get mm. that. Believe me, I get that. If Jurassic World were against almost... and Maybe half of the rest of the bracket i think it would be jurassic world i just think westworld there's a lot of options and i'd like to see what it's like i may hate it i may absolutely hate it there's very possibility of that Mm -hmm. but i am interested in it and it's not my repressed sexuality or anything i don't think i don't (laughs) think the whole thing is like i gotta get there to get those like saloon lady robots or anything i don't think that's it Wow! Wow! It's just, it's just such a different type of experience. That's yeah, all. yeah. So Jurassic World it comes Jurassic out of no, World not even on comes the initial list, and comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Jurassic <laughs> World can happen. On Cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase and went all the way. <laughs> I'm so ex- this is the kind of thing I wanted. I don't think that I wanted it to be just a cruise through, an easy cruise for the best movies and shows. I wanted it to yeah. be a little chaotic. And it's the city walk in us. What can I say? They have a yeah. city walk. You can't deny yes. that. That's why Parents Island got it for me. 
That's mm-hmm. why Jurassic World got it for me. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger IV. Hi, hi, hi. Can't wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Man, oh, man. Okay, so where does that take us that leads us to the next one i i kind of if if we're grouping the pairs you know we did the animation one and now we're kind of in the sci-fi one a little loosely uh and that takes us to the next one jason you want to do the honors sure this is what we refer to as the space bracket luna park from futurama versus moron mountain from space jam yes um Love I feel it. like this one's kind of a quick one for me. I kind of think so. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Well, now why is that? Because I'm not. I I, th- I think I get it, but let's yeah. let's parse this out a little bit. Sure, of course, of course. Sure. Uh, well, Moron Mountain, of course, in Space Jam is what, uh, uh, you know, the monsters, of course, the characters who eventually go up against the Looney Tunes in a basketball game. They start out here working at Moron Mountain. And, you know, they're trying to think of things to boost interest. Uh, And the theme park of Moron Mountain is similar, I feel like, to the Tiny Toons idea of, like, it's stuff that breaks down or stuff that looks like it hurts you, I guess. Maybe not breaks down because something Mm -hmm. does break down. But it is an unpopular park is really where I'm going with it. It is on the downslope or whatever. It's we don't you don't really get to know that much about it. Uh, There is a ride called Sludge Summit. You don't really see what Sludge Summit is, and there is also a, a sort of Astro Jets, like a bunch of rockets fly around while a cat with a cigar fires fire or lasers at you, I don't right. recall, which makes one of the rockets fall off the thing. Um, you know, there's a, hey, there's a waltz, you gotta give it that, Mr. Swackhammer. Yeah, yeah, and he, I think it's Swackhammer's face that you're, that's- Oh, it's not a cat, on, okay. I believe, yeah, <laughs> that makes I think. More sense. Because he's got a cigar and he's shooting it. So, yeah, Swackhammer okay. has his face on the ride. Okay. And it's, you know, th- there's, there's a part of me that would like something to make it a little far that looks like an N64 game. I, li- mm-hmm. I like that <laughs> when you land in Moron Mountain in the movie and you're kind of in a style of graphics and animation that is only in that part of the movie. Um, yes. I like that. Um, but, you know... They don't get the Looney Tunes. They don't successfully achieve their plan, which is enslaving the actual creatures, the Looney Tunes, locking them up like Dumbo and making them perform. That'd be a whole other thing. We often complain about the lack of solid Looney Tunes presence in a lot of the parks, and this would certainly be, if there was a planet that you could go to and it's the real Daffy Duck chained up against his will... Mm-hmm. Doing jokes for you every day. But pretty uh, good. Well, I wanted, I mean, I, yes, I, we've been lamenting this. I, I, I saw that maybe Bugs Bunny was, was featured for some people on their drive through tour of Six Flags and not mine, not my personal one. And I was furious. Mm. So, yes, I guess I would have liked Bugs be handcuffed to something in Six Flags while I drove my car through it during the Christmas season. That would have been nice. Handing uh, you fudge against his will. Yes, handing me mm-hmm. two pounds of fudge. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a dream. 
Uh, I also want to say quickly, I've learned the some of the names of the mon- of the uh, of the characters. Of well, the that could change ca- everything. So yes, let's hear the names. Nerd. The, they were the nerd looks, which I honestly, I've watched Space, Space Jam a bunch. I have the nostalgia for it, but I didn't know the nerd looks. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know the nerd looks? No, I kind of forgot the setup of he was like trying to mindlessly get a new, you know, thing for his horrific part. Like I did not recall that at all, really. Uh, That's the stakes. The the if the basketball game doesn't go well, the Looney Tunes have to live in a theme park in space forever. Yeah, it's a little convoluted, a little bit. Uh, way, I mean, nerd- it's very clean, as will the next one be. It's we're yeah. gonna get we're gonna uh, put all the Time Warner properties together sure. in one and film. It, in all fairness, this is how Iger acquired part of the Murdoch Empire. The pickup the Disney pickup basketball team bit beat the twentieth century Fox pickup basketball team. Right. So. Yes, because they stole NBA players' powers briefly. <laughs> that's uh, that's oh, so that week that Kevin Durant couldn't like get up out of it, bed, that's what was happening. That, that's exactly there was right. He was on a basketball court at Davos, and um, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I real quick though the nerd lucks have so there's nerd luck bupkiss, nerd luck bang, nerd luck blanco, uh, wow. nerd luck pound. Hmm. Uh, those are the four I see. I think there might be one more I'm missing, and I apologize, but I just I didn't even know. Oh, nerd luck not. Well, so those are the five nerd luck characters. The little dweeby characters then turn into the monsters. I mean, now knowing that it's nerd luck, nerd luck not. I don't know. Do we, maybe we have to give it to Moron Mountain based mm, off of that yeah. effect only? Maybe, maybe. Or what's the real answer? Because if we say the real answer, we could deal with the other one later. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, 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 if you're saying, am I going to vote against Moron Mountain? The answer is yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. Luna yeah, Park. No, for good call. It's Luna Park. Park. We'll, we'll, yeah. So we'll talk about that later. The theme park in, in Futurama. That works out nicely. We can sa- save a little time here. Um, mm-hmm. So, which would take us, uh, wait, we're, we're halfway through now. So that takes us over to uh, what I'm calling the scary division. And uh, within the scary division, we have, oh, I guess, okay, we're going to start with, now this here, th- these are, uh, these are pretty like new to me. These are things that I, I have no nostalgia um, interrupting my, my thought process here. Because we thought we wanted to represent the horror area with the horror bracket. And uh, that is Horror Land from Goosebumps, from various Goosebumps books and Goosebumps uh, media. And what I realized is called McKinley Park, where most of the action takes place. I don't actually know that. Some important action takes place in Final Destination 3, (laughs) which is the one with a roller coaster that kills some people. Um, The horror bracket. What do we think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say I, as a kid, read the first Horrorland book and loved it. I was a Goosebumps kid, of hardcore for like two years. It's like the most reading I've ever done, non-comic book related. It's when I was at my best reading, and I wasn't an idiot with no attention span like I am now, who can't can barely finish a book. Um, <laughs> me too. Me too. And I, uh, after about a year or two, uh, my friends and I who read Goosebumps, we started realizing like this all. This stuff isn't as good as we maybe thought it was. It feels like he's using a lot of the same like phrases and tropes over and over again. <laughs> uh, and then we stopped reading the books. But Horrorland, I was a big one. Very excited as a little kid theme park fan. Um, so, it's again, it's going to be tough for me to take um, my bias out of this one. 
I also, I, I had wondered if there was any bias within your household because of Lindsay and her podcast, Teen Creeps, and then I discovered that you were on an episode about yes. Horrorland. You've talked mm-hmm. Horrorland extensively. Uh, uh, I don't Creeps. know about extensively. I don't know that I'm an expert about uh, the Goosebumps series, but yes, I did talk <laughs> about it. Uh, I don't remember much about that episode because my brain is getting older and <laughs> information's leaving it at a rapid rate. So, yes, but I, I will say I, 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 I early give the edge to Horrorland just because of that fact. Sure. Well, then maybe we need to shine a light on McKinley Park before we make any official decisions. Yes. Um, you know, I, I didn't really know about it. I don't know if you guys knew this, this movie. Uh, I'm a scaredy cat and I avoid these. I've never seen uh, the Final Destination films. Perhaps I'm missing out. You, does anyone have any pre-standing affection for uh, this film or the franchise in general? Mm. Uh, no, uh, nope. I don't. Uh, I am again trying to get better at watching scary things. I've talked to, uh, on the podcast about trying to watch Hell. I watched Hellraiser. I watched some things that I thought were just snuff films when I was a kid uh, just to see what they're like. And I like some of them. I don't like others. Uh, and But with Final Destination, I have not seen the movie, but I did watch clips of just the theme park. So this is going to be easier for me to just look at the theme park aspects, taking out um, any sort of nostalgia I have for the actual property. I think this is actually beneficial to this exercise that we're doing here today. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the main clip, the premonition, a... a... Okay, so Final Destination 3 is about... Th- this, this time they avoid death. Some people outsmart death by not getting on a derailing roller coaster, but then some people do. Um, so it's kind of the like spurring the action of the movie. And that footage of the derailing coaster is simultaneously gruesome and very corny, making it a perfect <laughs> summation of the mid 2000s. Like it's a perfect piece of meat, a lot of handy cams, a lot of digital cameras. Uh, in this sequence, and um, a little like yeah. mini Blair Witches, we're we're gonna like yeah. pepper it with Blair Witchiness. Yeah, and it it uh, Devil's Flight is the name of the coaster. The coaster in real life is called the Corkscrew. It's at Playland in Vancouver, Canada. Much of American uh, entertainment shot in Canada, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This this one just kind of seems like shitty. Like <laughs> Final <laughs> Destination 3 stuff. The Playland, uh, uh, or McKinley Park, the fictional name. Uh, I don't know. It just keeps, seems kind of lame. Horrorland 2 is like a massive franchise within Goosebumps. There's mm-hmm. Horrorland, One Day at Horrorland, Return to Horrorland, a multi-book, multi-part series, no longer self-contained stories, um, a Harland series, uh, two Harland video games. Um, mm-hmm. it it is kind of really really grown out. Oh, and I believe uh, on the show. They... What's as well, that? The Goosebumps show it's on as the well. show, and I think that that multi book series involves different Goosebumps characters from different books, like continuity, like characters meeting from like so, all the different Goosebumps. Yeah, and... Final Destination. It doesn't have the amount of stuff that's packed in now it just didn't have yeah. you know there weren't multiple final destination 3 final destination 3 part 2 part 3 yeah yeah 3 that C, was not that 3D. 
Um, no, no. You pretty much have this one ride, which does have like a cool devil on the outside of it. And there's, mm-hmm. and I think Q looks cool. You got some torches and some, uh, you know, scary medieval-y stuff. I also wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything, and I did find a big list of the stuff that they have. I don't know if this was just, they were just saying what's at the actual place, Playland. They might be. But there's something called Mr. Ken's Donut Factory. So you want to go there? They have something called the Fudge Factory. You Mm -hmm. want to check out the Fudge Mm -hmm. Factory at McKinley Park. Um, Calm down in case after some of your friends die. Um, There's something called Electric City. I don't know what that is, but I I like the name. Um, But then, you know, like I didn't even have time to do the deep dive on Horrorland. I didn't grow up with this. But there's like the, the Wikipedia is massive. Just every like phrase you see sounds really great and i did watch an episode of the show uh, mm-hmm. as you said mike um i didn't realize this isn't even just the horror bracket this is the shot in canada bracket because that is a <laughs> toronto production as opposed mm-hmm. to the vancouver production um and uh the, you know you get a good sense of the park there there's all these you know there's there's a lot of creepy monsters who work there and like work the admission but they still like have an admission booth despite it being like monsters and trying to kill you they still have a guy show up in the booth he tells you admission is free so that's plus even though bad things happen even though you have to get once you get in you have to be in a demented game show but hey it's free um and there's monsters working refreshment booths there's uh and you can yeah i i I try to do some freeze framing throughout this competition and see like what's the rest of that menu or what are the rides we don't get to see and uh, you do see the family get Monster Punch, which is topped with dinosaurs for some reason, which are considered monsters, I guess. Uh, but you don't get to <laughs> yeah. see ordering of toenail tacos or crunchy cockroaches. Um, that sounds good. Toenail tacos is a good creepy what the Green Goblin would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a, uh, they have a, like Six Flags, they have a coffin challenge, which is like a regular <laughs> ride. The, the mm-hmm. ride is you get in a coffin and they push you down a river in it. And yeah, then yes. the people in the show seem surprised that then that is scary to do. They like willingly <laughs> get in the coffin. All right. What's the worst that could happen? And they're like relaxed and enjoying this coffin ride down a river until finally, until like the door slams and there's a, a spider in there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. You know, you got to like that it has something like Six Flags. Um, so just by virtue of the list of specifics, I feel like we know where we're going. Yeah, I mean, bad stuff's going to happen at both of these choices, but the creativity of the bad stuff is so much better and cooler at, at Horrorland. I mean, yeah, you go through the Wikipedia and, and there's so much, there's like different lands, there's different, there's creative ways. I mean, Roller Coaster and Final Destination, it's like, it just derails I mean, there's some, like, blood dripping. I mean, there's some whatever creative stuff, but, like, there's monsters running a theme park. That's great. That's just fun. Working the jobs. Working the jobs. They're fully staffed up. Right. That's what we want Disneyland to be more of, or at least I did as a kid. I wanted Mickey to be taking tickets at the front of of the park. I wanted all characters, no humans. I bet also that Horrorland hasn't had to do layoffs, unlike other theme parks during all this, because monsters love COVID. It, they thrive on it, and mm-hmm. it makes them them grow. And they, the CEOs cut their pay for the whole pandemic as well, and they're still fine. You know, if they didn't do it for just a month like Disney did, it's you know they their monsters are bad to us, but they support each other. 
So exactly. you got to log yeah. them for that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think right. then it's clear. I think we can lock it in. Yeah. Horrorland, Horrorland moving on. You advance. Congratulations, Horrorland, which mm-hmm. uh, takes us to uh, we we stay scary here. We're mm-hmm. we're staying scary. Mm-hmm. Um, is it me? Is it me? Am yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Evil Island bracket. This is Pleasure Island versus Spooky Island. Pleasure Island, of course, from Pinocchio, not the Disney World defunct island, uh, yes. Parents Island type. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So this is... And Spooky Island from 2002 Scooby-Doo. Yes, excuse me. Scott, Thank Scooby you. Do. Which, what a, what a great treat to, in preparation for this, have an excuse to watch 2002 Scooby-Doo. I think kind of a kind of a sleeper. I think sometimes I like boy, movies have gotten so insane and awful at times that now I'm like, wow, Scooby Doo from two thousand two really had it together. Great <laughs> great performances, wonderful actors, top to bottom, great oh. aesthetics. Uh what, like I, I at the time I was all like I was trying to get into my Wes Andersons and like this commercial filth, no thank you. But now I'm like, I'd love to I had a great time watching Scooby Doo. I felt the same way. Both of those live-action Scooby-Doo's on HBO Max, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. along with the more recent Scoob, um, mm-hmm. which was directed by the guy who uh, worked on Tom and Jerry, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, weird. Oh, um, interesting. So um, the director, though, of the live-action Scooby-Doo, um, of course, loses points because it's written by Hollywood sicko James Gunn. But um, uh, uh, directed by uh, a guy named Raja Gosnell, Gosnell, yeah, who also directed Never Been Kissed, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and Smurfs and Smurf, t- Smurf yeah, Smurfs <laughs> too. Uh, what a lineup! What a filmography. Yeah. I, um, uh, am I correct? Do you have it in front of you? I think he. Uh, I think his film debut possibly was Home Alone Three. I believe oh, you're wow. correct. Yes. A uh, uh, p- uh, perennial masterpiece. Home Alone. I think that w- his career is that he was the editor of the first two Home Alones. And then where mm-hmm. he's like one of those odd cases that uh, was a, in a non-directorial position and then uh, worked his way up to direct a lot of <laughs> crazy crap. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, he, you do have to give him credit, I guess, for the aesthetics of this place, which how do you even describe it? I don't. It's it's wild. There's like choices with there. There's a vibe with Spooky Island. Yeah, I don't even. Hmm. It is like it is very imagineered. I will say, like more than a lot of things on this list, I feel like oh, a lot of time and thought have been put into the design of this. It's it's like there's like a, it's vaguely like I don't know why I want to say Mortal Kombat ish, which that's not really true, but it feels like. It feels a video game evil. Yeah. Maybe that's a vague, because it's a CGI-ish. Mm-hmm. But kind of, um, good, kind of a good example of early 2000s CGI. I find this, sometimes Scooby himself is kind of awful to look at, but the, the place, I mean, like, do you guys all have in front of you the, or, uh, the, the main vista that you see when you arrive? It's really yes. all about this. I saw it, yeah. That's the sh- that's the shot. Um, you know, admittedly, they don't really go into a lot of detail about what the rides are, but when you land on Spooky Island from Spooky Airlines, uh, <laughs> set to a very uh, lazy, also ran Outcast song called "Land of a Million Drums," uh, <laughs> there is 
Sorry if you really love that particular song. Um, there's uh, just like this. What a grand, like beautiful tropical island. Australia, I think, is where they shot all these. Because then there were yes. there's a crossover with the theme park down there. Um, just like crazy, like studded skull with water slides bursting out of both of its eyes, mm-hmm. and then sort of a. I mean, lots of big skeleton kind of stuff. There's a, a huge, um, I mean, just like amazing fake rock work. You got to give it up for that. This big, that, like, yes. fat mountain head thing. Um, the coaster looks fantastic. It's, it's all, it's like a little Burning Manny. Like, you almost feel oh, the, yeah, like, yeah. Raleigh Crump individual, like, maybe there was one art director who designed all of Spooky Island, and it shows. Yeah, and it has that kind of like it's laid out really well, which is something, you know, how we talk about, especially like a Tokyo Disney Sea, where like every angle of the park is very impressive. You could be in the, you know, in the back right corner of it and look and go, oh, wow, this looks like it was perfectly framed. And it's not maybe quite as good as that, but this does look like some thought was put into it from a design standpoint, where like you would go, oh, I, I could see how this would be so impressive, you know, standing here at the, at the front gate. This image, if you arrive via a boat, which is cool, very cool in and of itself, if you arrived and saw this main establishing shot, you'd be so excited for all the fun you did. This this frame might be the best frame of anything that we're we're talking about. I think yes, it's so I impressive. Agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, Love to be there. Um, but do you dock at points because you don't really get, you kind of go around like this one um, spooky castle ride right. that is broken. I don't. They, they don't stress the rides at all. You don't really have a sense of what the rides are. No, yeah. they they really stress the resort aspect. There's mention of uh, Emil Mondavarius, the head of the park, uh, Rowan Atkinson's <laughs> character. Uh, uh, you know, antagonizing the creatures that supposedly inhabit the park, and you never want to antagonize the locals when you build a park. You know, you want to reach yeah. out. So it's it's tough because yeah, while they don't get into the rides. You can tell what kind of what the rides are. You know, yeah. it's like despite the fact that they don't like go over how it works or they don't ride some of the things you see, I can still kind of tell what this crazy roller coaster in the background or the the eye thing. I can kind of imagine what it would be like. So is that hmm, I don't know. We're running up into a situation here where I haven't even thought about it. Is my imagination of what the rides are? Is that valid in this competition? Sure. If they know. don't yeah. take the time to show you. And what they do show you is a cool hotel, a fun spring break vibe, lots of energetic youths hanging around in very inventive pants. I think this is a place <laughs> that you want to be. It's it's really like a um a, a place for teens is what it what it feels like. This is a cool spring break park for teens, as opposed to the the competitor that we haven't even talked about which is entirely for children um so we, we don't even have the option to go there at right. this yeah. point there's not one adult around even um, though i live my life saying hi diddle dd uh hi act- diddle dd an actor's <laughs> life for me uh, it's a real tongue twister is that what walt really thought of actor like well these vagabond scumbags these cre- <laughs> these nasty little creeps <laughs> uh i'd like to think he did but i don't know that to be a fact um they're, Easily they're, manipulated. There is a great. Um, I started listening to the audiobook of Disney War about like the ousting of the Eisner regime. Oh, uh, cool! And it 
there's so within an the thir- first 30 minutes there's so many great details but there is an anecdote about like Walt and his family watching To Kill a Mockingbird and him going, I wish I could make, they were all very moved. And he goes like, I wish I could make a movie like that. But unfortunately, like, they, the public has this idea of Walt Disney that's not me. I drink, I smoke, I can't, can't make movies like this. <laughs> I've never heard this anecdote before. Huh. Mm. This that's is like funny. all the, the secret movies Lucas makes that we'll never get to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the that garage, are, yeah. That are so experimental. Like, what are they? Are they just like colors bleeding into each other and then like loud? And is, it, is there like a lot of nudity in them? Are they, are they, would you like throw up if you watched one of these secret Lucas <laughs> yeah. movies? Is it or a snuff they- movie or is it just like Stan Brackage, like paint on film, like sort of thing? Or no is it wonder. like just him playing all the parts in his episode seven the one that he had in his mind <laughs> and he, he's making the whole like 22 hour movie and he's playing all the characters i'm a, i'm a will i'm a, i'm willy will <laughs> i'm nerd luck nerd luck will <laughs> yeah it's part of the space jam verse too this is these are voices that george lucas is is doing um let's let's talk about pleasure island the uh, yes. um i Look again. You love it. Personal biases. <laughs> you love I, the little puppet boy. Have you seen this new Coke Zero commercial with a horrifying Pinocchio in it? No. Oh, I'll no. send it to you later. Yeah, it's no. a real, real nightmare. I think there's um, a couple of them. This is you get you all right. Another evil island. You mm-hmm. get your you get on a boat and that is that has too many people on it, and then you run across a bridge that has too many people on it. And then you get in a Ferris wheel that has too many people on it. There's like 12 kids in a car. They're all exploding <laughs> out. People are going to fall. There's just two. This is uh, over capacity to begin with on Pleasure mm-hmm. Island. They've, they've overbooked this. Uh, I guess knowing that there'll be a lot, a lot of turnover, that these kids aren't going to be kids for long. No. Uh, no. I, it, there's a, uh, the character, there are some, like, what would you say the Walt of Pleasure Island is? Is it, is it, uh, is it, is it Honest John or is it that other guy? Stromboli. Stromboli. No, are they just like thugs? Maybe they don't like actually. They. I, I don't know that we. Who's like really profiting? Maybe it is that main that boat guy. Yeah. Honest John. Wait, no, no Honest John is Jay- the fuck. It's that other guy that like um sort of. Well, they say haired. I'm looking at the Wikipedia and I apologize. You know, we know the rides better than we know the movies, folks. Uh, but Jay Worthington Foul Fellow is the fox. Is Honest mm-hmm. John. Okay. Um, and it is implied to be an illegal or extremely notorious place, as hinted by Jay Worthington Fallfellow. So I don't think he owns it, mm. but he is the fox. That's the same guy. The coachman is the owner of the island. The coachman does own it. Yeah, the coachman is okay. the owner of the island. The guy in the big red smock, essentially. Yes. God. Well, why he do takes they all the work bad for, boys? I, there's enough in it for them to this fox to like just steal children, just funnel children. This is so, a this is a, a child trafficking ring. This is yeah. scarcely a theme park, as I this think is about actually, it. Yeah. I guess now that you've put it like that, I feel like nobody can vote for it. Uh, <laughs> Honest John and Gideon work for him, and I'm remembering Scott your story of being set when you were sat on. Yeah, by well, Gideon, right? Yep. So that's that's working against. Maybe that's why I'm being so severe about this in the world of of Pinocchio in general. Right. Um, as much as I think to... that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Jiminy Cricket will make my spirits soar and make me want to wish upon a star as I did when I was young. 
but we haven't seen him yet. He's not in this. He's not in this creepy 1940s version full of tobacco and uh, houses mm. being vandalized. Yes. Uh, the Rough House. There's an attraction called the Rough the house, house, which is a tent where boys can fight and uh, causes the... <laughs> Is a scene where like where children go to fight. Uh, the character Lampwick, who Pinocchio meets, goes, "Oh boy, a scrap!" Uh, I would love to be Lampwick in this live action Pinocchio. <laughs> would love to. Oh, agree. Jason for Lampwick, oh, please, oh, please. <laughs> I, I of course will get yelled at by the food um stylist people. Uh, they have to prepare as a disembodied voice yells, "Get your cake, pie, dill, pickles, and ice cream." All the things children love to indulge in. What is That's up true. with that? Why is does, did Walt consider dill pickles a major vice at the time? Only the worst children would salivate over dill pickles. Well, and he would go on to sell it. A lot of the stuff that they're like, "Ooh, look at all this disgusting stuff!" looks like attractions he would go on to build. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so there, but there is. There is some fun to be had. The design of it I find very enticing. I like the look of it in the cartoon. I think it looks very cool. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's hard, you know, these are good animators or great animators who put this stuff together. So I do as well say, despite the fact that I would, if I was a little boy, I would come out the other end being a donkey, I would be excited to go there. I might be uncomfortable because when I found out exactly like, oh, smoking and tobacco that's and scraps, but as a kid, it would appeal to me uh, just aesthetically. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Boy, you'd really like. Maybe you'd like jump off and try to swim home, and either die on the way, but also avoid being a donkey forever. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, yeah. A, a fear of scraps would might save both of us, but condemn Jason to donkeyhood. Right. right. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's my lot. <laughs> you becoming a donkey? Yeah. <laughs> if you well, s- maybe you you might still have access to like unfinished pickles and like full yeah. chickens. There's some crust in that pie tin. Give it a ear. <laughs> Give it a ear, Lampy. Um. So uh, this is tough. This is difficult. Uh, except, I guess the donkey part is the. It's yeah, that is what part. that is what happens. This is not a good thing that they're doing. I mean, it's easy for me, but maybe it's less easy. Uh, less easy for you. I don't want to sway it. I mean, uh, yeah. The, as far as an imagineered place, yeah. I, I think, I think I'm gonna have to vote against Pleasure Island. I think Spooky Island has to win. Okay, Jason, I'll give it. I'll give it to Spooky Island. Too. Okay, it is okay. very intriguing. Wasn't sure. Wasn't sure if the if the pies would have enough sway, but there's probably <laughs> pies on Spooky Island too. I think teens well, like pies. That's true. Yeah. So there's got to be yeah. There's got to be elements there, and just the rides look cool. The rides do look cool at Spooky Island. I can't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now we get unscary. <laughs> Thankfully, and uh, we move on to it's 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 uh it's all comedy. It's all it's all it's kind of a live action realm from here on out. Uh, Jason, you want to take this next one? Um, I I think I got myself turned around as I do at least once. Hold on. Oh, I'll do here. I, I got it. Well, yes, you know, you maybe I ahead. should do you it also ahead. because I I do have some splaining to do. Um, I crafted this 
particular bracket to be the actually magic mountain bracket. Oh yes, foul, foul on the court on this I, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm heading there. I'm going to admit it. Um, I and and this is a competition between Wally World from National Lampoon's Vacation and Mega Mountain from Three Ninjas <laughs> High Noon at Mega Mountain. Um, so I had that category. Makes sense. They were both actually filmed at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Makes sense. Pair them up. I start watching the movie and I'm halfway in and realize this is not. I thought maybe just some of it was not at Magic Mountain, but they're going to get there. I don't know why I always thought this was filmed at Magic Mountain. Is it just because it's called Mega Mountain? Did the coaster it's just close. look like Colossus? Probably, yeah. You see where I was going with it. But anyway, yes. we can't call it that. It's not the actually Magic Mountain. It's bracket. the. Technically, a Six Flags bracket, uh, if you add a few asterisks and explain yourself. Because Mega Mountain, uh, Three Ninjas, uh, and Mega Mountain was filmed at Colorado's Elitch Gardens, which was owned and operated by Six Flags from 1999 to 2006 until it was sold off during the Dan Snyder regime. Oh, oh yeah. You don't yeah. say. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. But- it is notable now in the last couple of years as the home to Meow Wolf's Kaleidoscope attraction. Really? Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, we should learn more about this place. Um, um, and but a mainly... lot of YouTubers call it shitty. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I've oh, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I am interested. I think it looks nice, a smaller park, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's similar feels to these things. There's a big mm-hmm. white roller coaster, a wooden roller coaster that's kind of central to it. Um, you know, a bias about the products is going to factor in here. A National Lampoon's Vacation, one of my favorite comedies for sure, one of my favorite movies. Uh, I always love it, still love it. Things still make me laugh uh, really hard in it. Um, if you can believe it, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain is a lesser film. Mm-hmm. I might okay. go so far as to say. Uh, um, yes, I would. Ag- yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, I had to brush up on my three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain, uh, and I was looking at YouTube. One of the first videos that pops up is three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain, nineteen ninety eight leather compilation. Uh, Lonnie Anderson as villainous Medusa in sexy leather outfit. Someone has compiled all of Lonnie Anderson's scenes, or I guess the best scenes, into one clip. That seems to be maybe what the most popular aspect of this movie is. I mm-hmm. guess in. <laughs> That's and you already had that. Dude. You had that on your watch later playlist. So that was very convenient. You just went to the top of your list and pulled right. it up. Um, um, Lonnie in leather. That's funny when that happens when you are looking for a clip from something and then you realize and you find it and you're like, wait, this is framed in some fetish yes. way. What yes. happened here? <laughs> Someone. There are. Let me say this. I got. I watch a lot of clips of old late night talk shows. Uh, as I'm assuming we all do, mm-hmm. you know, just cla- old style. Likewise, I said before, I like watching Desi Arnaz bore everybody on the Tonight Show with a, cl- uh, a story about Charo and Xavier Cougat. Mm-hmm. But I now have been getting recommended David Letterman flirting compilations or Craig Ferguson flirting compilations, 25 minute videos, part one through 50 of David Letterman flirting with women. Like, who is making these? <laughs> who is taking... Who has the entire library of late night hosts? And remembers, catalogs, moments where David Letterman's, like, smiling a little. I, it's weird. Wild. So, yes, finding leather compilation. <laughs> and it's all in lowercase letters. 
leather compilation too is just very uh very funny Mm -hmm. the podcast the ride flirting with guests uh, compilation would be zero (laughs) minutes long uh we are uh very tame even with our own significant others here every host say i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's all it is we love Uh, your rides figment uh my friend uh so um well, but despite, so high leather content, but that's not Medusa. She takes no. Medusa takes over the park. She's not supposed to be there. Um, the, we, let's we got to think about the park itself, and I don't know that you find out a lot. I think the Mega Mountain is the most generic theme park there is. Yeah. Um, other than that, they are briefly featuring. You know what happens when a guy wraps up his fifteen season long stunt show. Uh, and then to commemorate the, the show being canceled, does a weekend of live performances next to a roller coaster, which mm-hmm. is what Hulk Hogan's character does in this movie, and then gets himself embroiled in a real mess. Um, right. Fine Hulk performance, fine Lonnie Anderson, fine Jim Varney performance. Oh, Jim Varney, fantastic performance. You love. I love seeing a non-Ernest from Jim Varney. There's very few of them, but boy, anytime he's not Ernest, even in the Ernest movies, when he's other characters, when he's that like mean prisoner who steals Ernest's identity, that's great. Love Jim Varney. Yeah, he's like Lonnie Anderson's like number two. He's, he's Lothar Zog. That is his character's name. Lothar <laughs> Zog. Like, Z-O-G-G. It's like a good name. I gotta tell you, I this movie sticks out in my mind because I remember going and seeing Three Ninjas in theater with my dad and brother. Had a great time. Saw the sequel, Three Ninjas Kick Back. Same thing. Mm. Had a nice time. D- don't remember the third movie, the prequel. This is the fourth movie. I remember seeing boxes and blockbuster video, and it's one of my early memories of going like, ugh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> just being disgusted by this. And I don't know if it's just like, they're still churning it out. That's clearly none of the original three kids. And Hulk Hogan has w- the weirdest hair. And mm-hmm. just that poster, that box. Like, I don't know. I was just like, ew. I don't know. Even as a, a kid, I guess I would have been like seventh or eighth grade when this got released on video. But like, yeah, I don't know. The El- Elitch Garden seems very generic. They did change a lot of the signs. Apparently, there are shots where you can see Elitch Garden signs they missed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think they're. I mean, Wally World. This is another early like live action. Like, okay, Disneyland's been around long enough. It's universal enough that we can make fun of it in a big comedy release. Chevy Chase, a star at the time, and a comedy movie that has like held up i'm sure there's some dated stuff in it but like yeah there's still very funny performances and stuff in it and yeah and probably the best like comedy set piece involving a a theme park i'd have to think yeah um just like yeah yeah it being sort of taken hostage by this angry dad and john candy's so great all Mm -hmm. reshoots i found out i think there was there was an original ending where they got to wally world it was closed and then they go to Roy Wally's house, the Walt of this movie. They go to his mansion and mm-hmm. uh, uh, bother him there. So none of that John Candy stuff, none of the park is in it. So they made the right move because, boy, that park sequence is so fun. Yeah. yeah. Marty um, Moose, the, he's cool. Marty Moose. I was going to say, yeah. like, Roy Wally and Marty Moose, 
you don't have a ton of like it doesn't seem like it was made by like theme park nerds but just roy wally and 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 marty moose go so far yes just as far as specifics and and characters you enjoy so i mean i it's not a contest yeah yeah we could pick up the pace i think we could call this one for wally worlds makes sense to me i enjoyed watching mega mountain that i that i will say Oh, rec- yeah, yeah. Well, there's so much leather in it, Scott. How could you not enjoy it? And Jim Varney, Lothar and leather? Not, yeah, I'm a Lothar fan. I'm a leather fan. You're I'm a leather head, like George Clooney. <laughs> Did we say Jason was a leather daddy in one of the episodes like two years ago? I mean, it's entirely likely. Seems Don't likely. remember why we would have. Don't remember. Seems nope. like us. Um, well, uh, so yeah, if you're a leather daddy... Uh, Watch then High Noon, please. High Noon is the yeah, uh, and that that YouTube clip's the clip for you. Um, right. that's that's good because I think we need to get to this one because this this is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. this is a pretty <laughs> meaty one. Jason, do you want to take this? I do. This is the wild card bracket, the 1994 comedy bracket. Wonder World from Beverly Hills Cop Three versus Dinosaur World from the much panned but now cult <laughs> classic film Clifford. Yep, yep. Both uh, films from 1994. I was really hoping, and then, like, is the other yeah. one? And it was. Clifford, I don't think, wanted to be from 1994. I think no. this is a film that's set on the shelf for some time. This is a, uh, yes, yeah, a maligned movie. Now, I got to tell you, though, I, I learned about the existence of Clifford from The Best Show because uh, Tom Shartling is a big uh, proponent of this movie, and I think I got it from Netflix, like, Mail You DVD Netflix, and... I think it's gr- it's so fun. Like Martin Short, Charles Grodin, Mary Steenburgen, uh, it's Dabney hard Coleman. to beat Dabney mm. Coleman, and it's it's weird. It is so weird. <laughs> Martin Short plays no. a ten year old. Uh, Charles Grodin is one of the angriest characters in film, and they're just <laughs> at the top of their game. And folks, if you haven't check out Clifford, also on HBO Max, mm-hmm. so an odd amount of these things oh. are. Um, yeah, it's, it's something, I feel like I didn't dig it a lot in it's like aired on Comedy Central all the time, yeah. payday, but there, there's something about it now, again, in, in, in hindsight, and the, being that we've sort of like lost the bizarre character at the center of the movie comedy, um, I like, I, I miss it a lot. I miss this kind of thing. And it, yeah, it's insane and things don't work about it, but, um, it's it's pretty interesting and bizarre. And then, you know, so are we now, are we just taking, like, odd affection for the movie uh, into consideration here? Maybe, but the ro- the the park and yes. the ride. Oh. I mean, yeah, are we all coming in as enthusiastic about Dinosaur World? Dinosaur World. Yeah. I oh, just... commits so hard, I feel like. Yeah. It's really, like, built like a track. It, like, yeah. Like, for its ride, like, it's crazy. The scene in the movie, you get a, a full sense of this entire ride. It's maybe a rare case where they invent a whole ride and show you every bit of it. You real, you completely know what the ride is because Clifford, uh, is uh, Charles Grodin is not his is his uncle or something. Who yeah, yes, the his uncle there? Martin. Yeah. Um and and it's his dream, it's Clifford's dream to go to Dinosaur World. Uncle Martin worked on Dinosaur World, so he has access to it and eventually he's pushed to the brink so much that he does take Clifford to Dinosaur World, but in sort of a kidnapping way, 
takes him on the ride, but then takes him on the ride again in double speed and then again and again. Uh, and so the ride is kind of used as a torture device until uh, uh, things work mm-hmm. out. But um, in setting that up, oh my God, you get to go. This is just, I think, one of the best like ride sequences there's ever been. Oh, yes. and, yeah, and he's just so excited to go. He's lying. I believe that dinosaur world is the only place that a boy like me can be happy. Like, it's, <laughs> I, it's great. It's great. And he's right. He's, he's right. right. This he's ride right. is so good. And yeah. you see it, and you see it from all angles of it. I don't think there's another ride in any of the things we've talked about that is, is fleshed out and has shown you almost all parts of it as this. Like, this is... Like a ride-through video of this ride. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And you get with beautiful coverage and beautiful uh, matte paintings. I think you have to give it up for matte paintings throughout this thing, because it's matte paintings yes. that make the entrance to Wally World look so cool. Kind of, there's, there's other ones of these that use matte paintings to great effect. And, uh, oh my God, there's just beautiful painting work to set this up. When the uh, uh, Uncle Martin absconds with Clifford in the middle of the night, so it's kind of like crack of dawn that you're arriving at dinosaur world and you see the sun rise above it just a little bit and i'm like this is disney sea this is tokyo disney sea yes ornate fake rocks a whole rich environment um and within that i think this ride which is called larry the scary rex is journey to the center of the earth it's it's in a similar environment it's in a volcano Mm -hmm. type setting there's magma, there's lava, and it's uh and like incredible animatronics. There's it, it's a it works as a gentle dark ride, but then it's really thrilling. Um, Mike, this uh issue of uh, intimacy with characters and animatronics, you get intimacy big time. You get m- long moments with it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this right now. I actually suggest pausing this and just going. There's a YouTube video. I think it's called Clifford Rides Larry the Scary Rex. It is, it'll blow your mind if you're like us. Like you will go, oh, it, I, it feels like this ride exists. This is how much yeah. work went into this movie that like <laughs> they didn't, nobody wanted to come out. Nobody like, likes, they, and it like isn't like it's an incredible sequence, but it's also one of those 90s, like uh, just kind of becomes like action and stuff, and it's not funny. Per se, I remember thinking this sequence is like unpleasant as a comedy ending of a movie that already has problems. And sure. yet, taking all that away, just watching it as like a ride through, I want this to exist so badly. There's a yeah. shooting element. There, there's so many it's, elements to this ride. It was. It feels like it was made by an Imagineer. Like there's so yeah. much thought put into it. There are moods. There are different. Scott was saying with was Journey to the Center of the Earth, it feels like there's. They have so many different things that, that the ride does. There's thrills, there's robots, there's intimacy, there's a shooting aspect of it. It's shooting. It's a shooter ride. It's too. interactive. Yeah. Yes. It's you interactive. have to fire a laser at, it's not just you pass by the titular Larry the Scary Rex, you have to kill him. You have, you right. pull out a, a laser gun that you don't know is there, suddenly surprise drops in your lap and you have to, uh, you have to bring him to the ground. It's crazy. Yes. Meanwhile. Here is what Eddie Murphy had to say uh, before Beverly Hills Cop 3 was made. If I do a Cop 3, you can safely say, oh, he must have got a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) 
because uh, and then <laughs> here's what I learned about this movie. Um, a lot of people involved in it have disowned it. <laughs> Want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The- um, and you know, don't forget that before the film was made, that uh, you know, we're all thinking about coming to America a little bit because the sequel is out. Um, and which and both these films were Eddie Murphy and directed by John Landis. Uh, Eddie Murphy said some horrible things about John Landis and yet still yes. made this movie with him. It's so confusing. Choked mm-hmm. him on the set, I believe. Choked <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Oaked> him. <laughs> I said stuff about the trial, like essentially, like imagine that. You like, well, I think that this guy was involved in these kids dying. But yeah, sign him up. <laughs> Get him on cop three. Why not? That's how little he gave a shit. Now, that uh, all being said, I think in another category, that's this is a, tough a very thing, yes. detailed. The 1994 is the curse of this because they have absolutely thought out an entire full theme park with Wonderworld. It's yeah. so and detailed. Cara- and characters. This is the thing we're saying. And I, I almost feel, yeah, now that we're doing it, I feel almost bad. I feel like this should have been in a different category. Because, Maybe. yes, I think it could have won. I mean, you know what? We There are no rules. Could we throw this and replace it with something else? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, why not? If there's one we don't feel like... <laughs> Let's look at the other I, one, the list of what's Stuart, won. I really replace... don't want to give too much shine to anything with the name Landis attached to it. So, What do you mean? Why? You know, why? Seems well, like a great family to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, also, you know, in its favor, a wonderful George Lucas cameo. Yeah. Yes. Let's wait. We were doing George Lucas voices before. Let me do my impression of that. Hey. He says, hey. And then let's go. Incredible There's... to see George Lucas acting and clad in a t shirt with one of the characters from this park. Now they figured out, I think, again, in any other category, you'd love it that they like uh, invented a whole mythology of like Mickey and Friends esque characters, including Okie Dokie, the elephant who Eddie Murphy has to dress up like. Um, and at the end of the film, a new character is added to the line, the, the, the climax, the reward for Axel Foley for his hard work doing whatever is, is happening in this movie is that they debut Axel Fox. He gets his own original character that wears a jacket like he wears that and a big awesome. balloon blows up and a bunch of confetti on top of a, a merry-go-round. It's a very exciting ending. The marching band at the park plays the Beverly Hills Cop theme, which apparently exists in the world of Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. Yeah. There's a Wonderworld song. There is a Wonderworld song. Um, Wonderworld portrayed by what is now called California's Great America. At the time was Paramount's Great America. And this is different from yeah. Six Flags Great America, which was your park, Mike. Right? That is correct. Never okay. remember. Um, uh, there's a lot of confusing things, yeah. Yeah. The song, mm. the song is the Sherman Brothers. They got uh, the actual Sherman Brothers. I mean, this would be killing in, potentially think, in another I think category. this beats Wally World. Yeah. I think this replaces Wally World. I would like to, replaces. I would like a vote. I would like a vote right now. Should we replace this? Well, let's, or, maybe well, that's hold on. We got to. a vote. Yeah, yeah, or does it, can it replace something else? Is it like a... I don't know. Let's yeah. Well, we have to figure out the where what happens here. I mean, yeah, it's really good. It's it's definitely really good. They have Disney dollars. Counterfeit money is a part yes. of 
uh, part of the story. So they they flesh all that out. They film on real rides. They film on an earthquake in on the Universal tour. Um, it's good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't we have to? We have to vote, vote in this category first. And mm-hmm. I'm throwing my vote to Dinosaur World. Yeah, so am I. I'm just also saying, Dinosaur World. yeah, also Dinosaur World is awesome. So I'm just saying, can't we throw? Can't we replace uh, Wally World with Wonder World? Um, but isn't that just a rematch? You're right. Yeah, that is just a rematch. rematch. I think All right, we got to throw up the whole bracket yeah. into disarray. No, I think it's out. All right, fine. Well, let's it's revisit. Out. Maybe potentially down the line. But yeah, I mean, it's it is it is great. And if if we do abandon it, can I just say, and I know we got to move on. It turns out I I read this that. They could not figure it. This the screenwriter had a week to figure out a pitch on Beverly Hills Cop Three, what it was going to be. Uh, and in that week, he read an article about the about to open Universal City Walk. They were starting to build it, and if you remember, <laughs> wow. it was one of those articles that was really hoity-toity about like uh, the 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 fake microcosm betraying what an actual community should be, like these stupid highfalutin what everybody said about City Walk. Um, and the guy was just like, well, that's a funny environment to put, that's an environment where Axel is still like, uh, would be a, a fish out of water. So mm-hmm. CityWalk inspired this movie that's extremely theme park specific. Um, maybe wow. all food for thought for why you might want to bring it back into the, the competition, but we'll see. Okay. Um, well. so in an extremely long <laughs> first round, extremely long. Yeah. Oh my god. So we we just have to plow more. Yes. I mean, we kind of set all our thoughts already. We just now got to go versus here. Um and let's not even recap. Let's just dive right in. We're going into we're going into round 2. Uh which places And again, if you ever want to call, let's put um Wonderworld in. We'll we'll talk about it. Um, so that brings us to Itchy and Scratchy Land versus Glove World. Um, mm-hmm. what do we do there? What do we do there? Uh, mm. yeah, that's tough. I mean, Glove World, as I said, is very clever. There's a ton of different specifics. Itchy and Scratchy Land is tough, again, because I don't think the rides are as good there, but the land itself, as we were saying, the sort of experience of going on vacation there would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the the I keep coming back to the actual theme park itself. That has to be the anchor for this experience. Yeah, so that's where I'm struggling right here. Yeah, the, okay, well, there's the, that log rock, kind of what you get to see, and but that's just bad, and it hurts you, and your log gets. It's only called log ride. It gets uh, torn down the middle, and uh, arrows get fired at you, and you land on a cushion. It it doesn't <laughs> operate like a real ride would. Right. Um. That is fun though, but I then there you know there's the tunnel of glove, yeah, and glove world which I really like. I think that's a yeah. funny funny joke. Uh, there's a super dangerous mode to that as well that comes up. Yeah. Um, oh, this is so tough. Uh, I guess I mean underwater seems really fun to do. I don't know. Am I going to go back to Scott's argument though that won this that beat my beloved Duff Gardens? That Parents Island and all of its fun. Yeah, yeah. There's no version of Parents Island because, yes, we look, we're getting older. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a young man anymore. I can't go to Pleasure Island. I I won't be Mm -hmm. uh, recruited by Gideon or Honest John. So I do need a few of those experiences as I get older. 100 bars and restaurants. I don't know. SpongeBob's fun, but um, I I know where my heart lies. Yeah, I think it's Itchy and Scratchy Land. All right. Okay. Moving along. And we'll take out Glove World. 
And that takes us then to Jurassic World versus Luna Park on Futuron. Now, we kind of skipped Luna Park. Maybe we have to go over it a little to see if it can hold water against Jurassic World. Right. Now, what I'll say about Luna Park is that it feels very... It feels very Duff Gardensy to me. Obviously, it's a Matt Groening show. There's very some similarities in the way they're portraying rides as kind of janky with old robots. Uh, there's a joke about how, because uh, it's the future, they don't know how uh, people landed on the moon or what that was all about, uh, which I think is very funny. But the ride itself is very low-fi, low, low rent, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I appreciate that about it. It's full of robots. And it's charming. It's still charming, even though the characters, or at least Fry, uh, doesn't like it. Doesn't like that specific ride and some of the other aspects of the park. So I do appreciate that. It's another Disneyland uh, analog mm-hmm. general. Yeah. You got your goofy gophers. You have essentially yes. a country bear yeah. jamboree. So that's cool. Yeah. But I don't know if I like the show. The show is just that they pop up and make little jokes. And the Country Bear Jamboree is so much more. That is exactly the same thought I had. There's a joke that Monsanto is presenting that that show, uh, which is very funny. But they don't show me in there that they're having a jamboree. Uh, and because I clicked on it to refresh myself and I went, oh, yeah, that's funny. But there's no real banjo playing or fiddle playing. I mean, maybe there is, maybe they're not showing it, but they have to show, they have to show me. I, I, we sort of said imagination for the Scooby-Doo one, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Whalers on the Moon is, I remember, this is an early Futurama episode. I remember being very excited at Pirates of the Caribbean parody when it aired, but some of the other jokes and stuff like skee-ball, virtual skee-ball, virtual, virtual skee-ball, that's more of an arcade joke than a theme That is an arcade joke. I agree with Jason. And that's different. Um, Mm -hmm. That's so. different. Do we like that it's in a big dome? It's in a bubble yes. on the moon, yeah, and that's like pretty that. cool. So you can you don't need a spacesuit to be in there. That's, that's fun. I do like that. I mean, it feels much more. There is something cold and impersonal about Jurassic World, and that's kind of even some of the idea in the movie of, of it. Sort of, it doesn't have that magic that uh, that the original, I guess, did. Even though the movie. The original park never opened in the movie universe. It's, I don't know. That's yeah, sort of the, yeah. It's, it's like a um, it's like an LA Live. It's very it's very corporate uh, in right. its in its chosen restaurants and everything. But um, hey, you see dinosaurs that that T the T Rex is there. That's one thing to give it up for. You would mm-hmm. see that T Rex uh, get splashed. You could be in the splash zone of the big thing, the big uh, the mega fish, whatever it's yeah. called. I I think it's hard because seeing dinosaurs seems pretty good, but being on the moon is crazy too. Those are two crazy moon. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I want to go to the moon. Crazy ass things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's tough because basically it's going to come down to because I think actually the contents of Luna Park I like more because if Jurassic World showed us that it had one ride that felt very classic dark ride. I do always like that to be an element of a park, something that feels very much tied to like your classic Disney dark rides. Yeah. So that's, that's what it's coming down to when I'm thinking about it, seeing a dinosaur for real or being on the moon and then getting to kind of see a fun, janky Disneyland. It's hard when you put it like that. It's hard because the dinosaur is crazy, but you might meet Buffett. You can go to, but you can go to Margaritaville in our actual world, and it's yeah. not a very good restaurant. So. It's not a great restaurant. 
I might admit that. Uh, Oof, yeah. You make a good Oof. argument there. It is the moon. We're not taking into account that this is going to the moon. Going to the moon and then seeing a fun robot show. Yeah. <sighs> I. Hmm. Do you guys know what you're voting yet? I don't. Oh, boy. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a long this is, this is longest episode candidates at least longest yeah. in quarantine um <laughs> i don't know mike I, you might have sold me on the moon i hadn't considered that before the actual practical implications of a theme park on the moon yeah and and it's moon street usa and you know there's probably uh, bars moon up street there USA too might push me over the edge i think i'm giving it to luna park I think I am too. Okay, <laughs> well then it doesn't matter. Um, wow, but you might have upset. I don't know. Maybe just a, maybe I'll do a protest vote for Jurassic World just to say I... thanks for the effort. And I really liked the Jurassic World. I almost can't believe that we're heading into this without into the end without Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, but I'm glad it's it was obvious. I think, and uh, this is we, we got to be bold. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. Luna, which we end up with two. It's it's now a graining. A graining off. Graining yeah. categories, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we advance that, and that takes us to Scary Stuff, Horror Land from Goosebumps versus Spooky Island from Scooby-Doo mm. 2002. Um, this is tough. This is tough. Okay. Um, Spooky Island is obviously not as fleshed out, but that image is so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> It was strong. Yeah. What a what a skyline. And uh, you know, bad things are going on on Spooky Island, but it's not I think a lot of people don't encounter the bad things. Whereas everyone at Horror Land that is gets a good point. Hurt or endangered. That is a good point because Spooky Island it seems like, yeah, you can come away with nothing wrong, like no, nothing bad happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there the sheer amount of stuff. You can do it, Horrorland. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's Werewolf Village, Horror Rapids, Vampire Village, Monster Zoo. Mm. Like, there's just the sheer amount of stuff. Seems like it's, it goes and goes. It goes and goes. I... Mad Labs is an area on Horrorland which mainly consists of mad scientists like buildings and architecture. Toxic like, Gunk Dunk. Yeah. That's Shock fun. and Roll, Brain Drain. Terror Tombs yeah. is an area filled with mummies. There's like a weird, and I'm forgetting where I put this in from. There's a weird dentist thing too, which sounds like it would hurt you. But what an an idea for a themed experience. Plasma Plaza. Yeah, mm. the fact that it's thought out and was used as the basis for world building to like tie together different goosebumps, like sub universe. I don't. Yeah, I think. Now there, okay. Let, now here, let me show you this. This is actually just something I'm, I'm coming upon now. There's a photo I have here that I think has has maybe swayed me a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And let me, got how to do this. Of course, here we go. Look at this. Ooh, well, that's better than the uh, Toronto uh, television series that I yes. watched. This is more yeah. expansive than that. That's a very tall coaster with a a witch. They're called the Cauldron. Um, Black Widow, a drop ride, big uh, dragon. Ooh, yeah, Graveyard. yeah. Because the yeah. original, Man. the original book Horrorland, it was a little bit more like kind of a carnival. But 
from reading about what they've done since and all the different lore, it feels like they've expanded it to be sort of a multi, multi-day resort. That's but good. you are going to get like hurt or psychologically damaged if you go. That is the one trade-off. Yeah, it's scary. You have to ride in a coffin down the river. You right, but that's ru- built in. That like like in the way that Disneyland is meant to spark joy from eight to eighty, it's accomplishing its stated goal of causing abject horror. Mm. But I think right. that Spooky Island is achieving its goal of being spooky, but also um, out- lesser outcast music is playing, and there's uh, like tiki bars. And it's like a burning man that has more infrastructure, so I don't have to be like a survivalist to be there. Hmm. But something bad could happen to you at Spooky Island as well. There is a possibility of it. Maybe, but we know that they've established contact with the mystery gang or whatever they're called. So, you know, they might come and fix it for me. Right. I'm just saying there's risks involved in both of these. Mm -hmm. So if there are risks, and maybe you're right, maybe they're not equal risks, but if there are risks... With both of these, and I was about to declare what I was going to say, but now I'm trying. I'm second guessing my thoughts. I'm gonna, that- I'm gonna really put it on you. I'm going with Spooky Island. I also just want, like, I really wanted, even though, of course, Moron Mountain can't be in. I really want some bad CGI to be in here, and right. that does it for. I really just love that vista of Spooky Island. So I'm gonna comes- give it to Horrorland. Uh, so Mike, it's your so it's, call. Yeah. Yep. yeah. See, here's the thing, and now I've talked to myself about all the different things with Horrorland, and maybe actually that is a deficit to Horrorland, is that perhaps there's now so much media surrounding it, there's not a unified Horrorland that even exists. Maybe they've sort of thrown too many ideas at it, Hmm. and Spooky Island is a much, you can feel it's of a piece. If we're thinking of it in terms of an album, a musical album, Spooky Island looks... Like it's a finite thing. It's a piece that was designed meticulously. Horrorland is maybe more of, and this is going to sound like a knot at our be- a, a knock at our beloved knots. But mm-hmm. knots is very much suffers from. Oh, here's the section that was built when there was a coaster craze in the '80s. Here's when we're chasing this trend, and now they're doing, of course, much more stuff we love, which is theming and and characters mm-hmm. and tying everything to with mythology. So if you're viewing it, if you're viewing it like an album, you know, think of it like the soundtrack of Scooby Doo, the motion picture with Shaggy, mm. Sugar Ray, mm. a Busta Rhymes, Uncle Cracker cover of Freaks Come Out at Night. Um, mm. And if you imagine that's the kind of music that you're hearing, which is you probably are on Spooky Island. Well, and you'd definitely be seeing some fashion nightmares. I mean, come on, frosted tips, long dresses worn with jeans underneath. Yikes, what were we doing back then? The, the Fred and Daphne and Velma are the most tastefully dressed people on right. Spooky yeah. Island. Yeah. I think I think I'm gonna go Spooky Island. Wow. Yeah. All what right. <laughs> I've just I really been myself- rooting for Spooky Island since we started talking about this. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. The frosted t- shiny sugar ray. Sugar ray's there. Don't forget like that. Sugar ray, yes. Yeah. So they're performing. They they're hanging out by the pool. So I've seen sugar ray twice live. <laughs> My God. <laughs> In the last ten years. <laughs> they sounded great. Honestly. 
I was front row in one of these concerts. <laughs> Socially distanced with masks, and everyone was tested. On yeah, a oh, I meant in the last yeah. two. I met him in the last three months. Ten I've days. Sugar oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Sugar Ray. laughs> it was at some casino and uh, in Florida, and there were no masks. Yeah. <laughs> Mark coughed on you. Um, okay, so that takes us to Wally World versus Dinosaur World. And you know what? I don't think there's even no fucking contest yeah yeah Vaca- look vacation obviously the better movie uh but oh my god i like dino yeah this Dinosaur- is a 12 yeah. seed defeating a one seed you love to see it but dino world is yeah one of the great portrayals of an attraction yeah, yeah. unbelievable immaculate wow attention to detail and who and even if you don't know what the rest of the park is just that that main it doesn't even even if there weren't anything else, but there seems to be a great wooden roller coaster. Uh, so much going on at Dinosaur World. The real final four. Yeah, we are down Here to they four. Are. Yes, we got it. It is Itchy and Scratchy Land from The Simpsons, Luna Park from Futurama, Spooky Island from Scooby Doo, and Dinosaur World from the Martin Short vehicle Clifford. We are down to four. Um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I think there's, I love there's, it. There's, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's ones I almost wish Jurassic World could have made it further. I almost wish, I mean, if you were doing just a pure four, maybe Jurassic World is in there and maybe Wonder World is in there, but, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Agree, disagree? Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. That's those are the only two I would maybe slot in. I mean, obviously, I would want Duff Gardens over Itchy and Scratchy Land, but that's the only other two I would maybe slot in. There's a part of me that would would want that too. I I um I don't know. Uh, I have my regrets, but you got to look forward, especially when sure. it's a longest episode candidate. So, mm-hmm. uh, Itchy and Scratchy Land uh, versus Luna Park, Clash of the Grainings. Um. Again, I think you have to think about that moon argument that really like um, illuminated something. You are going to the moon, but you know this didn't invent going to the moon, but it did yeah. make like a tangible place for you to go once you go there. But it's also in the year three thousand. It's a long ways away. You have to be there first, right? Um, now, yeah. Now, when we're putting these two up against each other, it's they're similar. They're very similar as far as parks are concerned. It's just the moon element. That the moon element is the only thing that would make me go with Luna Park over Itching Scratch Land. That would have to yeah. supersede all the other stuff we've talked about, all the other rides, all the other robots. The, the park license. itself. The, yeah, yeah. The park itself, Itching Scratchy Land, is undeniably better. Um, you maybe have to consider some of the rides that you don't get to see. There is a sign at the beginning of the rides that are closed the Head Basher, the Bloodbath, the Mangler, and then with the joke is that it's the first aid station or the nurse's mm-hmm. station or something um you got uh the restaurant tavern on the scream where you have to enter under a big knife that's coming down um there's the actual danger element like like they're now itchy and scratchy land you are maybe supposed to get hurt that's maybe like right. in the design a little you get hurt somewhat um Although, I guess not. I mean, they designed the robots not to hurt you. But then right there, you have robot. There's robot parades yes. all the time. Yeah. Yes. And obviously, that's really good. Yes. It's just, it just comes down to that moon element, I think, for this. Because they're both, they both have the stuff you're looking for from a themed experience. 
I, I they, don't think Luna Park is fleshed out enough for me compared to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Right. I think there's just yeah, more stuff you like. And I, I agree. Itchy and Scratchy yeah. Land uh, Itchy and Scratchy is, Land it is. Okay. moving we've, on. We've gained speed. Um, and I think we'll, I feel like we'll keep gaining speed because yeah. there was division with the other one, but there's no division with Dinosaur. We love Dinosaur World as much as Clifford. Yes. Yeah, We're correct. all little Cliffords. 100%. Dinosaur World. Dino yeah, World. Move yeah. on. I don't like the, the realization that we're all, little, we're all Cliffords. We are three Cliffords hosting three a podcast. Three new. That yeah. is the new tagline for this podcast. <laughs> Our partners <laughs> are all Charles Grodin yelling, can you just be like a normal boy? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, of course. And our parents are also screaming that. Jason, though, is the only one, though, that is half Charles Grodin, half Clifford. Ow. Wow. Ah, that actually, oh, no. <laughs> Accurate description, I think. Yeah. I, it's probably not great when I, if I meet with agents and managers, I try to explain myself that way. And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Two characters from a fucking bomb from a million years ago. Very neat. <laughs> you are definitely selling yourself to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an old crank and a guy who likes to play creeps uh i'm a combo of both <laughs> but i'm nice please i'll work long hours clifford in general i feel like is like he th he thought he could do peewee like peewee is a little boy in theory but you don't really think about it and you're just always thinking about that this is a grown man <laughs> you just you kind of don't overcome the creepiness and like you don't stop and think that Pee-wee is 11 or whatever well, he's supposed to be. His other character just kind of Pee-wee too? Ed Grimley? Is that the name? Ed? Uh, they're similar. Yeah. yeah, they're similar. Yeah, Ed Grimley's very similar to Pee-wee, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Martin but, Shore, very, very talented uh, performer, uh, has had many uh, unnerving characters in his his long career oh yeah what he excels at yeah it's always bizarre that like the the, the weird pale mop topped jackie rogers jr oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love them all but like there's no um, as a kid they he scared me for sure yeah yeah more often than not i guess Frank is lovable yes father of the bride yeah that's mm -hmm. the but if that's your most normal it's your most relatable guy Maybe the guy who Captain Ron bothers. Maybe that's the <laughs> most human Martin that's Short true. character. Um, but we're not here to talk about the Martin Short filmography. We're here to talk about the final two. We suddenly plowed the last two, and I love the last two. I'm very happy with the last two. Yeah. Um, here's a question. Does um, uh, Wonder World beat Itchy and Scratchy Land? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the cartoon element. You've got the yeah. It's, yeah. it's so inventive. Um, does Jurassic World beat Itchy and Scratchy? I don't guess not because it already I don't lost. Think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Um, well, all right. Just kind of road testing these. So that brings us to um, is is also is Itchy and Scratchy Land the episode also from 1994? No way. I is think that it right? Be Itchy and Scratchy. Land and that episode is for the from the fourth from the sixth season, which mm. aired in on October second, nineteen ninety four. Wow! Have two. Wow. It's now a clash of the nineteen ninety fours. Wow! Um, wow! Wow! Um, 
Interesting. Um, well, a good era. And you know what? It was like a very, this is not the screenwriting era. This is a tactical. This right. is like, there's like, you know, or tangible experiences. So much in itchy and scratchy land. It's like, so, you know, the real stuff you can do, real robots, real danger. Um, Dinosaur World obviously is like, can you imagine if it existed? If you could go on Larry the Scary Rex, that it would be very... It would feel like pirates. It would feel like it's it's in the era of Indiana Jones too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like in a in a time where Disney was killing it, and if they did something that was as good as the movie scene is, right? Yes, it'd be incredible. Mm-hmm. And that's and then in what you're saying, thinking of the quality of it from the dinosaur, uh, the ride, uh, and then taking that and applying what they would have done then to the whole theme park. Yeah, you have to start your my imagination starts to run wild with what this whole thing would be. As you're saying, Disney Sea level attraction. I think so. Um, now, do you maybe we've docked uh, points in the past, or uh, maybe you don't get the best sense of what the whole thing is, and you really only know Larry the Scary Rex. But that is a blockbuster attraction. It's almost like, yeah, if they didn't have anything else. But, like, yeah, is it bad that it relies on our imagination? Yeah, much? is that enough? Is that enough to defeat, like, the iconic Itchy and Scratchy land? Right. But if this were just, you know, Final Four fake theme park ride Final Four. Oh, then easy. Oh, no easy. Question. Yeah. Then no question. But... Yeah. Just because the Simpsons have more jokes and more stuff, does that mean it wins? Um, potentially. You have a better sense of what the whole thing is. Again, Parents Island, I don't know if there's... I don't know if alcohol is even allowed at Dinosaur World. They have not addressed this in this movie that's not about this. Right. But the ride itself is so good. Really good. You would have to imagine that the park comes close to that level. Let me let me look, let me show you. Let's look at this picture. And this is taken off my TV. It's not full uh clarity quality. Um but just to get a sense of okay, what is the rest of this? The volcano this three volcanoes mm-hmm. in a row. Um that might all be the structure of the Larry the Scary Rex ride. You've got big lakes. There's a big brontosaurus in one. Um, the rest you can't necessarily tell, but it does, there is a Knott's quality, I think. It yeah. looks a little, like, rustic. Um, you know, Knott's had that great dinosaur ride, which is kind of attributed in Wonder World and Beverly Hills Cop, and if it feels like that, imagine if it's, like, little or dark rides that are like Kingdom right. of the Dinosaurs. And, yeah, this is, this is, this is a nice-looking park from just this kind of blurry painting. Mm-hmm. Nice mm-hmm. piece of concept art for sure. It's really right. good. Um, I think I have maybe one more visual from the movie, just if we're if that's helping us with anything. Um, let me share the screen. So, uh, I mean, there's the outside of Larry the Scary Rat. Incredible facade. Mm-hmm. Although, but how about this though? Isn't in theory, isn't that what the T Rex Cafe looks like? It, it does not. Similar. Is, yes. Does not the T Rex Cafe suck? It is not good. Well, I've never That's dined, true, uh, but so I can't say from firsthand. My experience. friends Tyler and Kia did, and they said it stank to high oh, heaven. 
Scott, the uh, those mountains are in the distance, so that can't be the show oh. area for Larry the Scary Rex. Still separate. Uh, so there might be full journey to the center of the Earths in those different volcanoes. And yes. you've also got, there's a dinosaur there. There's like, seems like a Skyway type attraction. There's a Brontosaurus behind them. Um, let, me do, a- let me say this. Let me throw this into your brains. If you didn't have any affection for the Simpsons or Itchy and Scratchy as a property before going to Itchy and Scratchy land, wouldn't that take out a lot of the novelty and fun? If we're just judging this based truly on the design and the rides, and you take out your years of watching The Simpsons as a little kid and loving it, mm-hmm. you're in The Simpsons universe, maybe you're an adult, and you know of the cartoon. You almost have more to combat in that when we were kids, the movie Clifford was around, and I feel like maybe I said to my parents, should we see Clifford? And they said, <laughs> no, that looks bad. And then I watched mm-hmm. it on Comedy Central, and I thought it was bad. So I'm almost more... I'm overcoming this, uh, this, this huge like gulf of hate in order to right. get to where I, I have gotten to with Dinosaur World, which is very, and it, it's all new. This is new feelings that we all found together. It isn't that what theme parks are about, making memories together. You're fil- <laughs> we're filling in a lot of blanks about Dinosaur World. We, you, we all mm. have talked recently about like revisiting some childhood cartoons, the, the Ninja Turtles cartoon, the X-Men cartoon. And so many of them, you go like, I didn't remember them not moving this much. Like, I guess my brain <laughs> filled in the blanks, and I remember it fondly. I've been getting a new kind of YouTube recommendation, which is um, someone has taped, someone in the past taped full blocks of Fox Kids from start of airing through commercials oh, sure. with full episodes. So I'm very excited to revisit those, because I think that'll be a real trip. Yeah, but I yeah. think... It's your scratchy land laid out, kind of laid out in front of you, Michael. Mm-hmm. It is, but so much of the enjoyment of Itchy and Scratchy Land is because we know it's a parody of Disney. We know that these are all jokes. So much of my mm-hmm. love of Itchy and Scratchy Land is because it's packed with jokes that are references to things at Disneyland. It's all sort of based on, there's layers to Itchy and Scratchy Land and to the enjoyment of it. Obviously, we're talking about Parents Island a lot because we know that would purely be a fun experience to go to a dumb TGI Fridays where you ring in the new year. But would I rather go to a fresh, kind of old-feeling dinosaur land park that looks like Scott's the picture Scott just pulled up, or would I go to this park that is a joke park based uh, around Disneyland? Which one is better? And I'm trying to take all of my nostalgia for The Simpsons and for my childhood's viewing when I'm thinking about it. Because I think if the ride quality is to be believed at Dinosaur Land... That park might be better. That's the, that's where I'm leaning. I think that might be a better park, a more satisfying experience, and a new, more feeling original experience as opposed mm. to going on stuff at Itchy and Scratchy Land, which is all, all, all I get how they're making fun of a thing that I've been on like before. Disney. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If There's that's no what, precedent for Dinosaur World. Right. There's dinosaur yeah. experiences, obviously, but... It's not making fun of uh, so many of the things on this list are jokes based on stuff at Disney. The people, the good people who made Clifford, they were trying to make an original dinosaur experience. 
They were trying to give people something completely new using, of course, the classic, uh, you know, theme park uh, tropes and ideas, but giving us a wholly new themed experience and something that we actually feel like we've been on at the end, which is why I'm voting for Dinosaur World. Oh, my goodness. How do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have one locked in. So the power is in our hands. Um, I think one thing also, there's, you know, th- there's, there's things like in Wonder World where it's like a little bit like, oh, this is kind of a corny attraction. They do not make that choice with Dinosaur World. And right. Shepherd. This is yeah. just a High great level. You go up to, there's like, it's, it's as if the log flume. Uh, in Splash Mountain, stopped up at the perch, gave you a full scene with a pterodactyl who comes back in a different mode, flying. Then you see one of the greatest animatronics you've ever seen fire a laser at it. Yeah, I'm almost like if there was nothing else here. Right. Um, Itchy Scratchy Land is full of like irony and great funny jokes, but isn't it nice to not have to? see irony once in a while that's all our personalities are isn't it nice to have a break yeah that's true and i think a thing to acknowledge in the universe of the movie charles grodin appears to be good at what he does yes like he wants this project this transportation infrastructure that's his passion he's trying to solve los angeles he's like fixing stuff that we need and he'd probably be good at it and Dinosaur World was like a stepping stone to that. So like, yeah, he right. might actually solve Los Angeles. Oh, in that way that we're always like, like, oh, you know, Walt was testing out these yeah. forms of transportation to maybe take them to make like transportation in your city or the airport or whatever more efficient. Let's take these Disney ideas, incubate them, and then do them on a bigger scale. Isn't that what Uncle Martin Uncle is? Martin. You talk about your Walt figures. That's and you're him. like, and we love our rides, our Tonys, and our Joe Rodies who have their personal stamp. Uncle Martin is absolutely one of those. Absolutely, and then he is. Clifford is us, just like passionate about these places. We're three being Cliffords. <laughs> We're three Cliffords. I think I know how I'm voting. Mommy, I, I want to go to Dinosaur I World. I want to go to Dinosaur World. <laughs> yeah. Take me, Uncle Martin. I, I, Mike, Michael drew me to the edge. And then that mischievous maniac Clifford pushed me over the cliff. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Dinosaur World from the disliked 1994 Martin Short vehicle yeah. Clifford takes the fake theme park final four. A wow. tumultuous one. Rules were broken. Major beloved franchises were tossed to the side in favor of <laughs> Very disliked ones, and that's what took it all the way. Boy, that was an incredible speech, Mike. And thank uh, you. <laughs> I think we all just. Dis- did anyone sort of think this could be it? I I was wondering a little bit. I was for sure going to come in with a lot of passion for Larry the Scary Rex, and I wondered if it'd be reciprocated. If it'd be a little like, oh, interesting. So you liked that, and then so the comfort in discovering that all three of us felt the same way. Well, we all have ta- we all have ride taste, and it's impossible to watch that and not go, "Oh my god, oh, that would be amazing!" It's impossible. It does a three sixty. There's a loop. It's like exactly as advanced of a coaster as I could do as a kid. Probably still today. <laughs> that's as far sure. as I could go. Yeah, it's a coaster and a dark ride. There's surprises. There's a little splashdown like the Matterhorn. 
it becomes addictive as you watch it in fast motion. And I'm sorry that it hurt Clifford and that he had to be pulled out of of Larry's <laughs> jaws, but it all worked out. He's a nice old uh, monk now, uh, teaching Ben Savage to not be bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, um, all worked out. Clifford got perspective from his experience, and I feel a lot of perspective right now. I I definitely when I glance, I was like thinking Itchy and Scratchy Land was gonna win, but I definitely was like, oh, Dino, Larry the Scary Rex is gonna push this one very far into the tournament, at least from my perspective. I didn't know how yeah. everyone else was going to feel. I thought I was going to actually lose, too. I thought even though I gave one of the best speeches of my life uh, just now, <laughs> the most inspiring speeches I've ever given, uh, I thought there was a chance that you go, yeah, that's true, but we like Itchy and Scratchy Land. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been bad, but... Is there maybe also the bias in general, maybe I have it, of like, do you? Is, doesn't it just feel obvious to say, like, The Simpsons is good, so we give... Of course we love The Simpsons. We love... Like, it's like the like the fundamental of my, my brain. I love The Simpsons so much, and I love that episode mm-hmm. so much, but isn't it more... We're charting our... We're, like, assigning new IP by suddenly liking this Clifford thing so much. It's too... Uh, too obvious, I think, The Simpsons. Well, that's part of it, but I, as I said at the start of this, I'm going to try to divorce myself from the material, and that's what I believe I successfully did here. I think this is absolutely the right choice. I think yeah. you're right. It's the more interesting choice for sure, but I do think it's the right. I do think it's the correct choice. And, the, in, you know, you could uh, squibble and squabble with various things about this decision, but I think there's no question that in all these things, the best, fullest, most thought-out, most awesome ride, no yep. question, is Larry the Scary Rex. And yep. isn't that what it's all about, is rides. That and is somewhat, yeah. like, places, you know, bars and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, got, I pushed some bars and stuff as far as sure. I wanted to. But, I mean, yeah. no one commits to the bit, I think, as hard as Larry the Scary Dinosaur. Like, no one commits to the theme park, you know, assignment quite like this movie um and it doesn't need to that's the other thing it doesn't have to they could have just done like a rinky dink sort of it's one of the uh, only right. ones on the list that didn't do a jokey make fun of thing yeah, yeah. played it like it it's, sucked it's it one of the suck. less insane things in clifford <laughs> right <laughs> so True. which Luckily, thankfully, you can watch just that piece on YouTube. But I, maybe I want to watch the whole movie now. Oh, so I much definitely is my love will. Of, yeah. And I want to watch it in full quality, too, in sparkling 4K. HBO Max <laughs> quality. Now, they have new movies. They have Wonder Woman 84, and they have Tom and Jerry. But like, I, now I think, and they have some of the, they have the Sopranos. They have wonderful pieces of art. But uh, I think the now the, 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 uh, yeah. Crown jewel of HBO Max is clearly the Larry the Scary Rex scene. Is Clifford and uh, uh, a bungled rollout, but HBO Max is it. It is starting to feel like old streaming Netflix, where it's like, man, they have everything. Like they have so much on there. Might be the best now. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of yeah. It's it's the it's the Clifford of um, <laughs> streaming services. <laughs> and I hope I hope uh, uh, there's a longer cut of Clifford somewhere. Involving wow. more of this theme park, you know, that we could be released like in four in a four hour version. Yeah, we Clifford. this is where I want to like try to contact a production designer. I want to know more. Maybe there's more like layers to this onion that we can unpeel. 
yeah uh, for a probably dinosaur world episode clearly Mm -hmm. this is the one with the the meat on the bone um let's get out of here because this has been uh, a mega one but for with with good reason uh you survived podcast the ride the uh fake theme park final four do we maintain fakeness it we all three have been faked are they all fake is that how this works or do we change the format entirely next time around that's a good Mm. question is this like a trilogy of fakeness Maybe and now we could do something different. Or is it a cinematic universe of fakeness that never ends? That has uh, Mm. forty episodes, right? I mean, is that if you're trying to nudge us to doing a thick seat final four because that's not a anything having to do with fakeness? But possibly, Uh, I'm not sure that that's what I'm trying to do. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say at all. That's what maybe we. I think you know fans expect. I think that that fake is part of it because fake gets alliterative with final four. Right. 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 Uh, in a way that thick just isn't right right i understand what right. you're saying so we'll talk about it off air yeah yeah, yeah. uh okay but uh give us your thoughts tell us what you want us to do and you know come revel in larry the scary rex with us on our social media and uh, for three bonus episodes every month subscribe to podcast the ride the second gate at patreon.com slash podcast the ride um guys uh <sighs> it's been it's been transcendent um <laughs> I feel as exhausted as yeah. Uncle Martin after a week with Clifford, but mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, more positive I think than him, right? But I just want us to all remember, and I and I guess the li- you know there we're three Cliffords for sure. We've determined that, and there's yeah. been a lot of talk. People, like sometimes they all oh, what are the what are the listeners or the fans of the podcast called? And we really haven't had a name. We haven't like dubbed a name an official one. But I let me throw it out there that we just call them Cliffords. <laughs> This seems like a path to Stan. This seems like this is where this becomes like a bad term, like a bunch of Cliffords storm the Capitol. Oh no! Uh, it's possible. I don't know if it starts here. It'll start in an innocent place, I think. <laughs> you know, but maybe yes. Maybe you're right. Maybe it grows into something uh, monstrous. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out as a possibility. Let me ask the listeners: Do you want to be referred to as Cliffords? Are you are you our Cliffords after this experience? Yeah. Perhaps that's for you to decide. Let us know. Thanks for listening. That was something. So long. Bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced Dog. by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>